welcome back to the Pineapple Couch, episode 94 here. A very exciting segment coming up. A first-time guest, uh, someone who we've wanted on the pod for quite some time, and we're probably going to be seeing a lot more of. It's my guy, Dom Sestito. Dom, how you doing, my friend? Good. How you doing, B-Rob? Good, good. Good to have you here. Uh, we've had many debates on weekend nights, so we yes, decided sir. to bring it here to the pod. Um, we're going to go over just some overarching NBA stuff. Um, because we're not quite to the playoffs yet. We're usually in what is the slums of the regular season, but the playing games have kind of provided some sort of entertainment for us going down the stretch, as well as we're going to check in on some NFL draft storylines. Should be a little free-flowing, should be fun, and then at the end of the pod, stay tuned, because Stephen Young and Andrew Radcliffe will be joining for a little baseball to wrap all things up. Okay, Dom, let's get into some NBA. I just want to start with this, because I think we can go over it pretty quick. I mean, is the MVP race over? Is it Jokic's? You got any dark horses? What do we think? So, I think it's Jokic. Um, I mean, the way that he's been playing, especially with Murray being out, is pretty incredible. Granted, they got Aaron Gordon in the uh, at the trade deadline mm-hmm. to kind of have him be like their third guy. He's kind of been putting their second um, guy now, especially now with Will Barton being out too for an extended period of time. But I think it's got to be Jokic. You could kind of make a case for Embiid, although he's he was out like three weeks mm-hmm. during the year. Steph Curry's making a really good push. I mean, he's been playing insane basketball over the past mm-hmm. three weeks. Um, but I just don't think they're good enough record-wise. I do like Chris Paul, and I don't think the media's been talking about him enough, especially what he's been doing with the Suns this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they went 8-0 in the bubble, and people are talking about, oh, how that was like a start, head start for this year. Mm-hmm. But I just think the way he's been playing and the way he's especially elevated DeAndre Ayton in the pick and roll, um, and then Mikhail Bridges as well being like a great 3-and-D guy. I think he's kind of got to be in there, but it's probably going to be Jokic. Yeah, well, I'm with you on it. Jokic pretty much having it wrapped up. We were talking earlier. I think I saw some stat where basically Jokic has 51 double-doubles and Bede's played 41 games. So while Joel Embiid has had an incredibly dominant season and you – not you specifically, but people out there may think he is better than Jokic. I think Jokic has the advantage in this MVP argument for this season. I think Chris Paul is a good point. I don't love Chris Paul, but what he has done in Phoenix is something to commend. I mean, they're a game out of first place. I'm with you on the bubble. I'm not putting too much stake into that. I think um, when you have a young guy like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, your team will show flashes sometimes, and they're young. And... The biggest thing about Chris Paul coming in there is what he's been able to do with DeAndre Ayton, obviously winning too, but I can't think of a better young guard to pair, or a young big man to pay with, pair with a guard. I mean, I'm a giant Warriors fan. I love Steph Curry. It's not the Steph Curry working with Wiseman, and again, I think Ayton's a little better than Wiseman at this point, but Chris Paul is perfect for that young big man to help him get some wind under his sails, so hopefully we could see that continue in the playoffs, uh, and Unfortunately, I'm with you on Curry. I mean, what the when Westbrook won, they were the sixth seed, I think. Yeah, they and were, and that was even sus. Forty nine and thirty three. Um, Steph's going to be the nine seed. seed. He's going to be the nine seed. Yes, he's been doing insane numbers, but if we do that this year, then I mean, Damian Lillard should have some MVPs, and you go on and on and on. And I mean, so basically, like also, if Kobe didn't win in 06 when he averaged thirty five points a game, and they weren't that good. That should kind of set a precedent of, hey, it doesn't matter how crazy your individual stats are. If you're not a legit contender, it's going to hurt you. Um, So I'm with you on Jokic. I'll be interested to see where Chris Paul finishes in the voting because I could see him get a little late surge. Not enough to win it. I am curious, though. Do you think if they get the one seed that they win it, 
because they're a game back, like you said. If they so they're forty three and eighteen, let's say they finish fifty one and twenty one or whatever. And they're the one get, seed. Yeah, get the one seed, and the Nuggets they're forty and twenty one. They finish I don't know like forty six and twenty six. Mm-hmm. You think I they think, get the one seed? I, I think Jokic has got it, but I do think what we will see is if that happens, Chris Paul will move up and get like second in MVP voting, which we're not seeing as much of yet. I just think you also have to factor in where the Suns were before him. They'd missed the the playoffs, I think like nine, 10 years around since 2010, 2011, I think was the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, what, won 49 games in 2014, 2015 when they had Bledsoe, Dragic, Mm -hmm. and Isaiah Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, and they still didn't make the playoffs. So I just think... You have to factor that in. Where the Suns were, I mean, Robert Sarver is a pretty terrible owner. He's yep. regarded as one of the worst owners in all of sports, not just basketball. And for him to finally pony up and pay, which he didn't do when the Suns were good, like they let Joe Johnson go in the mid-2000s to oh, sign Quinn Richardson, I believe. I just think where the Suns were as a franchise, you kind of have to factor that in. I don't want to take away from Jokic. Like I said, I think he's going to win it. I just believe personally that Chris Paul should be the MVP. I'm gonna come out there and say it. I like, I like it. No, that Jokic stat is absolutely insane. 51 double doubles and Embiid's played 41. I think uh, Embiid is a better player, kind of like you alluded to. Um, but just Jokic's consistency. I think it hurts Chris Paul that Devin Booker uh, takes a good amount of shots. I think he averages like 22 or 23 points a game. He, uh, Chris Paul doesn't have just like the field goal attempts per game like a Steph mm-hmm. does or like a rested when he was MVP. Yeah, I just think his leadership and especially what he did last year when you look at the Thunder too, what he did with Shea Gilders, uh, Shea yeah, Gilders Alexander, Alexander, excuse me, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Stephen Adams, that team. You obviously can't factor that into this year. I just think his leadership and what he's done with the Suns franchise, like now they're a desirable franchise destination. Like no one, or I, uh, sorry, uh, free agent destination. Yeah, no, I don't it, think anyone would have said that two years ago. I think so. I think Jokic should get it. I see your point with Chris Paul, and what I will say is because of the injuries that have happened to the Nuggets, I think we can both agree their playoff ceiling went down. Mm-hmm. And it, I'll say it'll feel pretty. I'll feel pretty fucking stupid if Jokic gets MVP, and meanwhile Chris Paul takes the number one seed. Sons to the finals or something yeah. crazy then it would be like yeah chris paul should have yeah, got it it was obvious <clears throat> but uh it's gonna be tough and it's just such a shame because i don't think there would be much hesitation at all about this if murray was still around because of the ceiling of the nuggets it just everyone has that 06 dirk stuck in their head of when he won mvp and then lost or 07 and he lost in the first round yeah, to the, the warriors. warriors and then got the mvp um yeah like Two months after the fact, and it was just yeah. embarrassing. He felt bad to be there, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we'll see. Uh, I think, I don't know the odds right now, but I would assume Jokic is a heavy, heavy favorite. Um, yeah, I think he was like minus 250 when I checked the other Julius day. Randall cracked the top five? I think he should. Um, I, I really do think he should. He's been balling uh, this year. I mean, he's the main reason. Him and RJ Barrett's development, but you have to look at Julius Randle as the main reason why they're the fourth seed. I mean, right now they're tied with Atlanta, who's also been coming on strong since mm-hmm. firing Lord Pe- Lloyd Pierce, excuse me. But yeah, I don't see how you can have him outside the top five. I think my top five, just like off the top of my head, you'd have to have Jokic in there in like no order. Jokic, Chris Paul. Embiid. Embiid, uh, Julius Randle, and then... Steph or... Yeah, Steph. I was going to say... Do you think uh, this is another like off-topic uh, question? Do you think if James Harden had remained healthy, 
and uh, led the Nets to the one seed. I mean, granted, they're the one seed now, but with like mm. their lineup being kind of reshuffled every like five games or so, do you think he would be worthy of the MVP? Because I know that was a pretty hot sports take by like the, I, the usual, like the, the yeah. Skip Bayless that tries to get clicks. I personally don't think he would because I don't think a player that can alienate the whole yeah. team, get traded, and be probably the least valuable player in basketball in like like four months ago, be the most valuable in a five-month span. I just don't yeah. think that is... A realistic if, if he thing. were to st- have stayed healthy, I wouldn't have thought like, oh, he should be MVP. Mm-hmm. But if he would have stayed healthy on Brooklyn and they, the one seed, p- dealing with all the injuries, and he played as well as he was, I would say there is an argument. But I just don't think, even if he honestly averaged thirty five since he got to Brooklyn and was doing crazy, I can't see the media and the sports writers voting him for MVP yeah. after the shitstorm he caused. And, you can't like validate that experience in Houston yeah. with giving someone the MVP. It'd be pretty. Pretty unfair. I agree. I just know that a lot of people, like on Twitter and in the sports media world, were really talking about him being MVP candidate. And I was like, "There's just no way." Like, it's no one that has ever been traded and been MVP. First of all, mm-hmm. and especially just the way that he left. Yeah, like a look- rookie, a rookie head coach, and Steven Silas. Now you see the Rockets are terrible. Obviously, that's taking a toll on them. And they traded PJ Tucker too. But I just think the way he handled the um, Houston thing is was not not very well. So I'm glad that we're kind of on the same page with the MVP mm-hmm. in terms of James Harden. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll be Jokic. I'd be shocked if it was anybody else unless the Suns win, like, their final 11 games here and mm-hmm. go 54-18, and 18, which is I, what that's they would the, be. But. I think we can agree that's the only path Yeah, I mean, not being Jokic. It would have to be something with the Suns and Chris Paul doing something yeah. insane. And, I mean, Chris Paul had uh, two clutch three-pointers last night yeah. to beat the Knicks to end their nine-game winning streak. So I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just right. saying. Let's get to less exciting things or less happy things. A big thing happened. Uh, this was last night. This is going to be coming out on Wednesday morning, but this is uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So on Monday night, a weird interaction happened in the Cavaliers-Hornets game. Was it? I think. It was Cavs someone, and the ref tosses the ball to Kevin Love, who is out of bounds where the inbounder will be. And instead of catching Raptors, it. It was Cavaliers-Raptors. Cavaliers-Raptors. Instead of catching it, Kevin Love just swats it like i get that the fuck out of my face i don't have time for this shit and he swats the ball just into the court and so the raptors player picks up the ball and scores and this obviously went viral as fuck on social media everyone either criticizing kevin love or saying holy shit this man is in the worst situation ever get him out of there it came out that he did apologize to his teammates and coach which is a good thing i think um when you're in a situation like kevin love I understand why he's pissed off. I mean, but at the same time, how mad can you be when right after you won the final and LeBron left, they just gave you a fat money deal for really no reason? So I can't you, – you're bummed that you're in that situation. I understand being pissed and, like, I don't give a fuck about disrespecting the coach or the organization that much. The Your teammates, your young teammates, that's a tough look. If you're just completely like, I don't give a fuck, and you got guys who are young like Sexton and Garland who are – good young players and not throwing games necessarily so i'm glad he uh he apologized i'll ask you what was your take on this and are we gonna see kevin love obviously it's not gonna happen this year but in maybe next year a year down the line uh, what is there a successful kevin love in a good situation in the future for the nba i don't know and i love him yeah, I love Kevin Love too. I think he's I mean, he's kind of the first like stretch four, stretch five guy um, mm-hmm. in 2014 when he was at the Cavs. But I just actually watched the replay. It looked like so the Raptors player scored, and then I don't know who it was, but a Raptors player like pushed him in the back, and he went to 
uh, the basketball goal, and he was frustrated with the ref that there was no foul call. And after that, he literally just swatted the ball onto the court, was walking to the bench. The Raptors hit a three, and then he just looked, like, really frustrated and flustered. And it was, like, it really didn't make any sense after watching the replay why he patted the ball. Because I originally thought he was mad at a teammate, like, for not doing something, not getting Mm -hmm. back on defense. But it's pretty, pretty horrible effort. I don't really think there's anything else in that. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of reminds me of the, I don't know if you've seen it, but Jay Cutler, when he was on the Dolphins, there's a play where, like, uh, it's the uh, Wildcat formation. He just stands there. He doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It's up there with that kind of low effort. But on to that second question regarding a successful Kevin Love in the NBA. I mean, he's got to be with one of the top-tier teams. Like, I think he'd be a really good fit in Miami with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, kind of like that yep. stretch four, stretch five guy. So that Bam kind of occupied the paint. Phoenix. Obviously, with with his success in uh, Cleveland, what do you think about have, Phoenix with Kevin Love? I just don't know how long Chris Paul is going to be able to play at this level. Mm, good point. So good I think point. that age is a factor. I think Kevin Love, he's in the OA draft, so you think he's like 32, 31 years old. Mm-hmm. So I think, and Chris Paul's thirty six. So I don't know how much, like I don't know how much longer Chris Paul is going to hold up. And I think Kevin Love has two years on his contract, and Chris Paul has a player option this year. So that timeline kind of adds up if you want to give him a one-year extension for Chris Paul because then they'd both be expiring in 2022, 23. And at that time, you know, Devin Booker would be in his prime. DeAndre Aiden would be two years older, and he'd learn a lot under the tutelage of Kevin Love. That's an I interesting just, spot. I just really – I just don't know how the, the money would work, obviously. Yeah, it, but if, the, if they could get Chris Paul to take, like, a, the vet minimum or something he's got to be by, bought out doesn't he basically for most of the store kevin love yeah he makes 31.3 yeah, million shit. next year and then 29 million and 22 23 and then he's an unrestricted free agent after that so i think phoenix would be very interesting like we talked about earlier robert sarver isn't an owner that's willing to spend a lot of money on his yep. franchise unfortunately so that could be a deterrence i also think that Kevin Love on the uh, Jazz would be pretty pretty interesting. Ooh. If they could go uh, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, they could go Bojan, Kevin Love, and Rudy Gobert. That's an expensive starting five. You have Royce O'Neal and uh, Joe Ingles off the bench, and then you kind of just fill, I it, like that fit. fill it with vet minimums. I think that's good. But I think, yeah, I think just adding another dimension on the offensive side of the ball because Rudy Gobert is kind I mean, he's kind of a net negative offense. He's great defensively, but he can't shoot. He has, one, he has one thing he can do in offense. He can yeah. roll to the basket and yeah. dunk. Yeah. And Kevin Love does bring that stretch. I'm curious. It opens up the, the pain for Mike Conley and uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. too, to drive. I just and, think that'd be pretty. And I, I know Quinn Snyder is, like, a very, very good coach. I think he could, mm-hmm. like, make that fit somehow. Is Portland too bad defensively to add a player like Kevin Love? Yeah. I mean, they can't yeah. defend as it is, and he's never been known to be a good defender. I mean, he was, like, a like a very average defender when he was in his prime mm-hmm. um with Cleveland with LeBron and Kyrie. Yeah. But yeah, I mean they would score, you know, one twenty five, but they'd give up one thirty five, which is kinda what they do now. I mean yeah. especially they'd have to give up CJ and I don't I mean personally I would give up CJ because he's getting a little bit older. I think he had a hamstring injury. Don't quote me on that. But I know he was injured this year. Yeah. And I just don't think the two guard like two guards under six five will ever win you a title, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age. Well, can I jump in really quick on that because I completely agree, and I always, whenever I say that about the Blazers, I get the same pushback. It's Steph and Clay. Well, okay, everyone, can we remember? Like Clay is like an all world defender who makes up for Steph Curry. 
Like, not Steph Curry is also not as bad a defender as you think. I mean, yeah, when LeBron isos on him, it's fucking over. But yeah. most people, if LeBron does that to you, Steph's a great off the ball defender. And the reason that that works, and people were skeptical of that, is because of Clay's ability to be a little bigger and handle that defensive load, which, to your point, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard, incredible offensive player. CJ McCollum, very good offensive player. Both defensively, nothing. If you're going against a good set of guards, you're going to get eaten alive. And this is kind of off topic, but you remember when Drew Holiday ate them alive yeah. with the Pelicans? Uh, the 6-3 matchup in, yeah. I think, 2018-2019. Or 2017-2018, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that uh, they swept him. They yeah. swept him. And yeah, I mean, he he just destroyed him. I'm, I'm looking up right now. CJ McCollum six three one ninety. Damian Lillard six two one ninety five. I think Clay is like six six two fifteen. So you're adding that and much Steph's size. Six three. They don't have uh, wide wingspans either. Whereas like Clay can defend one through four. I mean, yeah. de- definitely one through three four might be a little bit of stretch. A stretch. Steph can only defend the ones, but yeah, he's deceptively. He's a better defender than people give him credit for. Granted, I'm not a huge Steph Curry guy, but I will say that he's a better defender. Because like sometimes when like the Kings are playing him, being from Sacramento, the Kings and the Warriors play a ton. I always tell De'Aaron to go at him like every single time because I'm like, you're too quick. There's a mismatch, and he does defend him a lot better than I would have mm-hmm. anticipated on most well, of the time. Granted, like sometimes they'll blow by him, but that's just being a defender in the yeah, NBA. You're gonna be. I'm even I think guilty of this as a Warriors fan, and I, um, when you. Look at the fourth quarters, or not just the fourth quarters, the second halves of championship games the past decade between the Cavs and the Warriors. LeBron l- l- went after Steph over and over and should. over He's again, like which he should have done. But that, inches. to the whole world, we saw that so many times that it was like, oh, man, is Curry, like, a terrible defender? And you look at it, it's like, no, not really. But, like, let's put any point guard on LeBron, and that's yeah. what would happen. So. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, a side note. I just want to, it came to my head. Do you think that if the Nets and Lakers played in the finals, we would see LeBron going after Kyrie? Uh, I mean, I think that'd be, yeah, definitely. Especially the way he's kind of done that in all of his playoff series. Like when they played the Mavs, I mean, he, you see that, uh, the picture of like JJ Barea yep. guarding him. And I know he wanted to get that Jason Terry matchup. Grant Jason Terry just went insane on that series against the Thunder. Uh, he picked on like Russell Westbrook and Reggie Jackson, mm-hmm. and then 2013, there's that uh, in 14, there's that video of him of LeBron seeing Kawhi come in the game and getting frustrated yeah. because you know like Kawhi's the only one that can defend him, whereas he'd rather be guarded by like Parker. Patty Mills and Tony Parker, Parker yeah. and even like Danny Green, um, and then obviously in those as you were saying in those Warriors series, he just picked on Steph just for mm-hmm. four straight um, NBA Finals. So yeah, I would imagine just like matchup wise, I just don't know how they would like kind of scheme for that because i feel like they would have enough uh defenders on the court like you, you would have kevin durant mm-hmm. nick claxton blake griffin who could even defend a little bit deandre jordan mm-hmm. i think that they'd have to go through a ton of pick and rolls to get to that matchup because i mean steve nash would definitely know that's coming yeah, Kyrie and kevin the nets are going to try and do every that's what we saw the warriors do the pre-switching yeah. if they if the lakers make that known like that's what they want to do the nets are going to do everything in their fucking power to yeah. make sure that doesn't happen yeah and granted it, it <clears> would happen just because you're like you're playing against lebron james like he just has that kind of skill he can get like any matchup he wants yeah. so like i said he would definitely attack him i just don't see it as often as the warriors as the warriors would the warriors matchup with steph would happen but yeah i mean i think he definitely would attack him and james harden because james harden has not been known to be a very good defender as well and he's a little bit shorter 
Yeah. Not as, he's not as lanky as like uh, Clay is, or not even nearly as good of a defender as like even like Draymond. Because Draymond's only like six 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 seven. Like he's, oh, like, yeah. he's not that tall, but six, he, seven. Yeah, at, he has like a ton at of, best. Yeah, a ton of hustle <laughs> with shoes on. Yeah, exactly. So um, um, yeah, I mean, if I was LeBron, I would target target Kyrie every possession if I could. I mean, just talking about the Nets, and if you are playing the Nets and you're an elite team in these playoffs. You need to attack them offensively. You need to make Harden and Kyrie and KD work. That's got you got to you got to have one out. of the three be inefficient. Yeah, like you, you, like you can't have Kyrie be like eight for fourteen, James Harden eleven for nineteen, and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. even like seven for fifteen. Like that's a pretty inefficient game for him. But if they're getting shots set easily, that's why I think the Bucks are gonna take the East. Personally, not let's to, talk about that. Let's yeah, talk about the yeah, East. Not to kind of veer off topic, but I no, mean, let's do it. We're watching Hornets Bucks right now, and on the court. Their final five is Drew Holiday, Middleton, uh, Giannis, obviously, DiVincenzo, and Lopez. And I think that, especially against the Nets, they'll probably swap out DiVincenzo for P.J. Tucker just because P.J. Yeah. Tucker went to college with Kevin Durant at Texas. And he's a big game player. Yeah, and he played with James Harden for all those years in Houston, so he kind of knows like their moves and knows what they want to do, where, where they want to be on the court, get their spots. So I think that five is... I mean, I, I guess the Sixers kind of could, but, like, I don't trust Ben Simmons on the offensive end or, like, Tobias Harris in a clutch situation at all. Mm-hmm. And I just think oh, that yeah. the way that the Bucks can switch, they can guard all five positions, like Drew Holiday, uh, if I remember correctly, when the Pelicans uh, always match up against the Warriors and even the Thunder, he would always guard Kevin Durant. And now that they can have Middleton guard him, you know, P.J. Tucker guard him, even, like, Giannis guard him, if you, yeah. you want to put that much pressure on him defensively, I'd rather save him for the offensive end and have, like, P.J. Tucker mm-hmm. guard him. Um, they but, got bodies to throw. Exactly. And, but here's the thing with the Bucks. So I'm actually, it's weird you come in today with that Bucks because I was in this last week. I've been over and over in my head, kind of like, why do I think the Bucks are going to win the East? <laughs> going into this year, I was on the Nets because of like what we're talking about, the pure offensive talent, the big three, uh, yeah, the best big three ever. Assembled. As it's gone on, the lack of play time together, and you you liken it to last year's Clippers team, which I think is accurate. It is a little scary. There is always the thing in my head, like, yeah, if those three guys are on fire, good luck. But we haven't seen that for an extended amount of time in the regular season. So I'm thinking about the playoffs, and I'm thinking about the Bucks, and why am I higher on them? Well, the thing with the Bucks for me in all these years past has been, yeah, you're good in the regular season. What are you going to do in the last two minutes mm-hmm. in a playoff game in the fourth quarter when they throw everyone at Giannis, and it's just kind of a shit show in a way, for lack of a better word to describe it. And it's the Drew Holiday. It's Drew Holiday. I think that the combination of having Drew Holiday, not only does it help out putting less pressure on Giannis because it allows them to do a little two-man, it also, in my opinion, I don't trust Chris Middleton completely as he hits a three and makes me look stupid. (laughs) I don't, though. I just don't. I think he's a good player. I don't fully trust him to be the guy in a final series who's going to get you buckets to win the game. And I think that that's what Drew Holiday provides is he takes off both of that the pressure on those two at the end game, and I just trust him. What do you think of that? I don't think that's that bad of a take. I don't. I I just haven't seen enough like Drew Holiday as he gets a dunk, uh, like especially him. You know, whatever well, we say on this podcast, yeah. the exact same yeah. thing is going to happen. <laughs> that opposite thing will happen. With uh, but in terms of him, like like having the ball with like 20 seconds left and it's a tied game. I don't I haven't seen enough Drew Holiday like shots or highlights to like have that come to fruition. If I'm them, 
I obviously want Giannis taking the shots. I mean, he's a back-to-back MVP. You expect that guy to take the final shot. I just don't think, even with Drew, they have, like, a true closer, which is the only thing that kind of worries me because, they. I mean, they play, like, such beautiful team basketball, whereas in the playoffs, you know, it's going to be like, dude. yeah, there's going to be many games where there's five minutes to go. It's a two-point game. You're going to be down our head, and you need to mm-hmm. have someone to close the game. That's why, like, Michael Jordan is regarded by a lot of people as the best player of all time mm-hmm. because he, like, I, I'm more, more times than not, would win the game for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, dude, even think about the Warriors team and why they people are like, oh, they never needed to get Kevin Durant. I mean, I being realistic, yes, that team would have been good the next couple of years, maybe get another chip. They needed to add KD. They needed something as that score when you're going against a team like LeBron. And that's the worry about the Bucks is they don't have that guy who's stepped up. Like, if you think about the teams who have won the finals recently, they all have that guy. When the Raptors made the run, Kawhi was that guy. When LeBron and the Cavs upset the Warriors, LeBron averaged 40 a game, and so did Kyrie probably. Like, you have to have that guy. And I guess my question to you is, you say you want Giannis to have the ball down the stretch. I kind of agree. What do you think, though, of... Is the Giannis-Drew pick and roll with Drew handling the ball maybe an option endgame, or do we just want the ball... We want it to be in the MVP's hands. Well, you got to have some misdirection. I mean, you can't. I mean, Giannis isn't really good being like an ISO guy because he doesn't. He can't really shoot yet. Like his hands are too big for the basketball. Yeah. Kind of like Rondo, where like Rondo shoots really awkwardly. Yeah. <laughs> like Giannis has like a very like wonky show. Like it looks kind of smooth at times, but other times it looks like he's never shot a basketball in his life. I think that you should probably go the Drew Giannis pick and roll, but like a kick out to Giannis three isn't really gonna do anything because he's not like a great yeah, three point shooter. And yeah, you want to and like you want to roll into the basket. Middleton out there. I don't yeah, know. well, yeah, you can kick it to them or like kick it to. I mean, even like a w- wide open Brook Lopez isn't like the worst shot. Although you obviously want it in Giannis or Drew's hands. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, Giannis being such an inconsistent three-point shooter really hurts him because if he, he even shot like 36% or 37%, mm-hmm. and if he's shooting that right now, I apologize. But I just – I do think you probably got to go the Drew, Giannis, pick and roll and then have kind of Chris Middleton be in that, you know, corner Maybe get spot. a switch of who's guarding Holiday going on to Giannis, some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, I mean, you could – because it'd probably be Kevin Durant guarding uh, Giannis and then maybe James Harden guarding Drew. So if you could go – Get that James Harden on Giannis switch and have Giannis just back him up, back him up in the post. Um, that'd probably be ideal for Bud. I just, I, I'm also a little skeptical because like uh, Bud, Coach Budenholzer, if you guys don't know who that is, yeah. um, he never does well in the playoffs. Like even when he had those Hawks, like, he's on the hot seat if they don't do well in these playoffs. I he's fired. That, I think they should fire him if they if they don't make the conference finals. I think they should fire him. Cause it's, it's I been, almost think they should fire him if they don't make the finals. I you, think you have Giannis. Even if, so if they lose to okay, the if they lose Sixers seven or the, the, or the Nets, Nets, like uh, yeah, I was gonna say on like a Kawhi esque shot, I don't I think you should it. be fired because like you can't really do that. But if they lose like four one to the Sixers in like the second round, yeah, there's no way you can keep him. If they lose, you know, in five games to the Sixers in the conference finals, oh my God, Giannis, Giannis you just, just break a, the three, uh, um, tough shot. That, and that's exactly why I'm worried about the yeah. fucking Bucks. Okay, let's go. Let's switch to conferences here. We just talked about the top of the East. Um, and keep in mind, Dom, we're going to be having you on more so we can check back with these topics. We don't need Sir. to uh, do everything it's today. It's not just a one and done. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a one-night stand here on the Pineapple Couch. We, we take care of our guests. Uh, let's look at the top of the West then. We There's a couple things I want to get into this. I want to start it off by... I know the Lakers are your pick to win the West, and that 
as of right now, is my pick as well. I'll establish that. I have a question, though, for you. We were talking about how this is the Nets' first year, and that stuff never really goes well. But in a lot of teams, that second year is a little better. What happened last year was the Clippers' first year, like you mentioned. Is a part of us sleeping on the Clippers going into these playoffs? Because last year I picked the Clippers to win it all, and I felt like an idiot. And now I feel so burned that I'm not thinking about it. Is this Clippers team scare you if as a if you're betting on the Lakers to win the West? Are you scared of the Clippers? Absolutely, I'm very scared. I do not like the Lakers. I just want to say that I love yeah. LeBron. I'm a diehard Sacramento Kings fan, so even rooting for LeBron. the Lakers to win. It pains me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you're, like, a diehard Lakers fan and you love the Lakers, yeah, you should be scared of the Clippers. Um, it all depends on which uh, playoff P performs in the playoffs. That's huge. Um, yep. Because playoff P, if you go back to those Pacers series when he was going at LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was incredible. But if you go to playoff P last year in the bubble, granted he had some mental illness, thing, mental illness things that I think people should take very seriously. And I definitely think that had a major effect on a lot of players. I mean, he wasn't with his family. I think yeah, the bubble is – that's so. why I don't think we should take it as seriously as some stuff because it's like some people might be dealing with it in a very hard way, but then there's probably teams who it's like perfect for. They don't care. You know, it's just kind of yeah. it throws that variable in like there. Like the but, Suns, they were hooping yeah. there. They really had no expectations. Where the Clippers, they went to the bubble. They had all the expectations in the world. You know, it was basically championship or bust for them. Mm-hmm. And they had a 3-1 lead on the Nuggets, and they completely crumbled. Yeah, and then also just you think about the Heat, they're – if you were to say, like, what type of team would survive in that type of bubble environment, playing every, like, all that, it's, of course it's a Pat Riley-built team with Spo as the coach, Jimmy Butler, guys like that. That guy's perfect for the bubble. Yeah. He just wants to hoop, it's doesn't care about any of the hoopla. <laughs> yeah. He literally does not care about anything other than basketball. That dude always talks about how he's, he came from nothing, you know, he's like a second-round pick, and he just loves to hoop and wants to be successful. It's mm-hmm. Perfect for him. We might be seeing. Uh, we're gonna get back to the West in five seconds, but just to quickly throw this at you, we might be seeing Jimmy Butler in a fucking playoff or er, playing game. Uh, yeah, I think. Let me look at the standings right now. So they're half game back at the Celtics, who look like they're about to lose to the Thunder. They're down four here with twenty eight seconds left. I Jesus would Celtics. love to see the Celtics lose in the playing game. I just want to say that, and I, I would love to see the Heat play the Bucks in the first round. Uh, be an Eastern Conference semifinal rematch from last year. I think the Bucks can some revenge would be good. I think if you're the Bucks and the Sixers and the Nets, you absolutely do not want to see the Heat. You want to see the Hornets who are in the eighth spot or the Pacers in the nine or even... Because I think the Heat could take out one of those three teams. Yeah, 100%. I mean, granted, I think the bubble definitely helped them, but... I think when Jimmy Butler plays, they're like 12 yeah, Jimmy, games above Jimmy Butler's numbers this year are like, he's a top 10 NBA like 10, player when he's playing. Yeah, like he's, I completely agree. I completely he's agree. also, dude... He's so fucking underrated. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. It's crazy. He's just developed into a much better offensive player, and his his, mm-hmm. his defensive intensity will always be there, but his his mid-range jumper is up there with, like, Kawhi's, in my opinion. I don't oh, think yeah. it gets talked about enough. The way he can get to the basket, the way he can finish uh, at the line. taking a big shot. Yeah. I mean, I... It's like he's not the like he's by no means a bad three-point shooter, but he's not the most, like, elite three-point shooter. He barely takes them. I trust but him in the over, playoffs, you take... Yep. Shoot it, Jimmy. I, I trust him over anyone on the Bucks, anyone on the Sixers. Any, I trust him much more than, like, Paul George. Yeah. Um, like, the only people I'd rather have a shot. And the final minutes him are, like, LeBron, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, um, like, Steph. That's Kyrie. About it. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, maybe. I'm at, this is I'm gonna do a verbal meme, the Spider-Man meme, where they're pointing at each other, but three people. The three people are Paul George, Tobias Harris, and Harrison Barnes. Yeah. All suck in the playoffs. They different do. levels of how good they are, but those three. Let's get back to the West, West here. Uh, yep. We're ag- agreeing here that the Clippers should be taken more seriously. I am curious to see what we will see from playoff Rondo. Because yeah. that helped the Lakers. Like I'm last year, that was big. Not taking anything away from the Lakers, Rondo played just really well, and I didn't know if we were going to see that. Jalen Brown just takes a hard foul yeah. there. Um, he was shooting really well was the key because Rondo's been known, yeah. like I said earlier in the podcast, his hands are too big. He can't like really shoot the ball. That's why he shoots from the side. But he shot really well uh, from the uh, free throw line last year in the playoffs. And also mm-hmm. just him being on that Lakers team, it's basically the same team, kind of knows their playbook. And Rondo's always been known as like one of the smartest guys in basketball. Him and LeBron are up there. Um, as like the top two for the past, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah, and CP3 and, had thrown that. Yeah, I, I just think his knowledge of like the Lakers playbook, how they want to play, like where all those like the key guys like to get to their spots. Oh, he knows how to poke the bear that is like LeBron. He knows how to piss LeBron off. He's exactly. Got plenty of practice doing it. And I think him having, you know, Paul George and Kawhi, you know, kind of talk to them, like lifting them up and lifting mm-hmm. up that whole team. I think that was probably, I mean, I think that was the best um, trade that up. Trade yeah. deadline move to win a championship. Granted, Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets would have been the best if Jamal Murray didn't get yep. didn't get injured. God damn, that just sucks weeks. so fucking much. Um, was I dumb for thinking that the Nuggets were going to take the West yeah, when they had 100%. Jamal Murray? I, I mean, I you think. I, yeah, I, I do. I just. But would you say they like they Nuggets had full strength versus the Clippers? Like you would say it's two, three would be the Nuggets and Clippers, or no? What about the Suns? God damn, the West yeah, is so West fucking is, good. It's, it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, the Nuggets are four games back of the Jazz, and they're 14-21. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, kind of like you said, it's so stacked. I mean, they definitely had a shot. I just would never bet against LeBron James in the past, uh, I think, nine seasons when LeBron's healthy. He's made the finals. Yeah. Well, let's power rank the West. Lakers at one. I'd go Lakers, Clippers, Suns. Jazz? Jazz, Nuggets. Nuggets. And then everyone else. No, is- okay, here's what I will throw at you, and this might be dumb. No Murray, could we think maybe that the Mavs led by Luka might be more scary than the Nuggets? Well, with Kristaps uh, getting injured, and then he's just so have, he he's, what happened there? Is it? I think it's his wrist. I think uh, he, I think he injured shit. his wrist against the Lakers on Saturday. But he's out all the time. He's never fully healthy. I think they should move off him this offseason, Personally, I do too. I think they should try everything cool. they can to go get Bradley Beal. Cuban had to come out on yeah and radio say that, and say like, yeah, they're not the best of friends, but it's fine. I mean, it's just a weird thing to have to it say. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, I mean, because, like, I mean, we are, like, in my job, like, yeah, like, I, I like my coworkers, but, like, I don't, like, hang out with them often, like, mm-hmm. I, I, like outside of work hours. So, and, I mean, basketball is a different sport. You know, you, you have, like, team dinners and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I don't know with, like, COVID, how that all works, but normally you do. And I think when he got there, he was injured when he got there, too, which seems to be a trend for him. So I don't know if they've had, like, a lot of time to really gel and hang out. I mean, they're both from Europe, which is, like, you think it maybe, be. yeah. But I, I think, I think that's kind of just like people thinking, oh, like these are two European guys, they're gonna like be on the team together and get along very well, which like obviously yeah. isn't isn't the case. Like it's just clear, clear stereotyping. I just think they should. I, I think it's the top five, and then there's a, a small drop off. I'd have the Blazers over the Mavericks personally when when like everyone's healthy. I just don't think. They like, just have more guys they can throw at you. You take the Mavs because if you're taking the Mavs. 
You're like, okay, Luca's gonna Luka. score forty a yeah. game and hit a buzzer beater. And Tim Hardaway's gonna pitch in like five yeah. threes. And Jalen Brunson will yeah. hit something. Finney like, Smith's gonna play good defense, like every here and there. Like uh who they get back? Uh is it Zach Powell? But he got yeah, he got Powell. Is it Josh Powell? Norman Powell. Norman Powell. No, Norman's no, the no, Raptors. The, it's Josh it's Josh or Zach. I don't know. Is, I we know it's the is. dude who dives. He's a four, and he's good in the pick and roll. He got hurt last year, and I thought that hurt is. them going into the playoffs. Um, definitely with the Mavs, I, I just think don't... they need to make some changes because this – I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, the Mavs need to start worrying about keeping Luka. Come nah, down, he's going to stay there. Well, But you need to start Mavericks... putting together that core around him because I don't think this is it, at least with Porzingis. I don't think this is what – you Dwight wanna... Powell, by the way, is his name. Dwight, Dwight Powell. Powell. Also, Good if you're Lord, the if you're we the Mavericks, just, would you... we were all wrong in like five yeah. different ways. Yeah, we, 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 we were very wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, looking at the Mavs roster, it's not very good. Their third best players, like Josh Richardson, tough. I I mean, they have kind of constructed this team to kind of like LeBron's early years, where they just have a bunch of three point shooters or guys that they think can be three point shooters. Let let Luca be the point guard. Have him the ball in his hand. Is, uh... Yeah. Porzingis <laughs> yeah, or Boban. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I I mean, they just, they have one great player, one guy that can be really good, but he's 7'3 and he's 240, which is pretty skinny. And I mean, he's only 25. He has so many injuries and he's only 25. Yeah. I think you got to move off him while you can and try to get a big, big star. I don't know what the price tag would be for um, Bradley Beal. I'd I also think that... Pascal Siakam is someone I, I'd go after. I was just going to say Pascal Siakam. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. Like Before they just put on this game, I was going to say Pascal Siakam because him and Nick Nurse don't seem to have the greatest relationship. Yeah, dude, it's weird. It is very weird. Like, very, like, there was, a, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a report like a month or two ago where it was like, Pascal Siakam crossed a line. Do you yeah, remember that? They like, got into... They got into like an altercation argument. I mean, he was fined fifty thousand dollars by the Raptors Jesus. for getting in the face of his coach. Imagine being fined fifty k and it like not mattering. Yeah, it's just like okay, whatever. I'll, <laughs> I'll go spend that at the club in Tampa anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think Pascal would be great. They just need another guy that can get his own shot one on one. Like Kristaps can do that every once in a while, but he's mostly a pick and roll guy that you're gonna have shoot threes. He doesn't really rebound well for being seven three. He's honestly like a typical. He doesn't even move his feet that well at defense either. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just a lot of hype, and he hasn't really lived up to. It. I think he was like number six pick overall. I know it's a top ten pick um, in that draft in 2015, but yeah, I, I think Pascal would be a great fit because you can replace his size too while you can. Granted, I think uh, Pascal's like six ten, six eleven, but he's very long. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think if the if I'm the Mavericks and the Clippers flame out, I try to get. Uh, well, at first, I try to get Kawhi this offseason, which will never happen. But I try to trade for Paul George because he Ooh. just signed a long-term contract with the Clippers. I, I like that pairing. Yeah. Luca's th- an alpha. He doesn't, like, George can be the beta he is. Exactly. And, I like, Kawhi's really good, but Kawhi's not going to get up in your face. He's not, gonna, he's not like, going to talk in the locker room. Um, Luca's going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, Latvian or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. And I think that will piss Paul George off. I think also help him to be better. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, do you think? I mean, that kind of goes into my next question. Do you think if the Clippers, like, if they for some reason lose in the first round this year, do you think Kawhi stays? Okay, I this is I've been thinking about this. I was gonna bring this up too. It's fascinating to me because like initial gut reaction, it's like yeah, if the Clippers, yeah, Kawhi's getting the fuck out of there. So he does. He signs the two year deals. He sees the situation with the Clippers cap. He doesn't like playing with Paul George. But then I was like. 
Kawhi seems like that he really does not want to leave Southern California. They're they're supposed to play the Mavericks, too. Who pushed him to six games last year without KP. Like, Kawhi strikes me as someone who is stubborn enough to, like, you know what? I really don't want to not live in Southern California, so fuck it. I'll just keep playing on the the Clippers. I don't know, though. I just don't know where he would go. He's a fucking weird dude. He doesn't like cold sea, so he's not going to go, like, the Knicks. Like, what is the... Okay. The Knicks, that would be cool, but I just don't think he's going to do that. It is New York. Miami? Especially with how the Knicks have been playing this year, this is a really good pitch for like a star uh, to go to New York. Be like, hey, we have Julius Randle, who can be your number two. We have a great emerging star in R.J. Barrett, who I think is going to be really fucking Quickly's good. Quickly's good, too. Yeah, Quickly's pretty good. They're missing a... I mean, they have Derrick Rose, but they're missing like a point guard. Like, if they could get like a George Hill... And this is all if Kawhi goes there. So this is all, you yeah. know, just We're in very speculation speculative. World. Yeah, he's not... In, I, I don't think he's going to there. I think he will stay with the Clippers. I think there's like a 90% chance he stays. Like, probably like 99.9. But if you're the Knicks and you, you know, make the Eastern Conference semifinals, you lose to the Nets in five games, six games, whatever you lose... Kawhi's going to be an unrestricted free agent. You have Julius Randle, like I said, R.J. Barrett, Thibodeau, who's a coach that's been yeah, there, Yeah, he's just that. a stud. We you add Kawhi to take that? Take the Timberwolves shit with Thibodeau out of your mind. He's a great coach. I think, I think. that that big three with, I think, R.J.'s like, what, 21? Julius Randle's 25. Next would be a final was, contender immediately. How old is Kawhi Leonard? Let me see. 30? Kawhi Leonard will be 30 in June, so he's, like, in the middle of his prime. I think... If I'm the Knicks, you have to like as much as you can. Grant, like I said, I think he's gonna stay. And like, if he wins a championship with the Clippers, then this is all. This all means nothing. Yeah, because he's mm-hmm. for sure gonna stay. I do think it'll be a, if the Clippers burn out in the playoffs, regardless of whether Kawhi is planning on leaving or not, it will be the number one storyline in the NBA for like oh, a week or two. Oh, hundred percent. Like Kawhi is gonna leave. Kawhi is gonna leave because he's not gonna say anything. He's not gonna give anyone. And these any people hints. gotta fill in their air time with something. Yeah, they can't just talk about you know. Oh, well, I guess they could talk about LeBron yeah. all the time. So. But. Let's let's finish up here with the the top of the West, and so I think we've talked about. There's obviously a roadmap for the Lakers to win it all. What they did last year, they have LeBron and AD, and I think yeah. they've improved the roster around them compared to last year's team. I mean, the Clippers. We've talked about that roadmap too. Is there any roadmap, whether it is one percent, two percent, for the Suns or the Jazz to make it to the NBA Finals? If LeBron and Anthony Davis don't play. That the eight, see, I want to. I'll if add they this. get injured because I don't. I have LeBron. The one thing I don't like LeBron, but I'll give it to him. He's an Iron Man. He never gets fucking hurt. I have no worry about LeBron in these playoffs, like missing time. The dude, he's what I, I've never seen an athlete play at the amount that he has, especially it, with like the minutes too. Yeah, the minutes and the the physical like style he plays. Yeah. Anthony Davis does worry me. Injury wise, yeah, I mean, because we've seen that. So agreed. I see. Okay, yeah. If there's injuries to LeBron or AD, that would open the door for a Jazz or Suns team to sneak in. Because I don't think it's out of the question to say like the Jazz or Suns could beat the Clippers in like a second round playoff match. I I think they could just because the Clippers have like besides Paul George or not not Paul George besides Kawhi Leonard, they don't have that championship or I guess and Rayshon Rondo. My apologies, they don't have that championship experience. Like, yeah, Tyloo did it. Granted, he had LeBron James on his team. So, like, and I mean, he's probably a good coach. He probably gets, should get more credit than he does. But yeah. when you have a team of Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James, you know, I think I could probably coach them to, like, a 51 season personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think that they, like, the championship pedigree scares me to where, and we saw that last year. I mean, they lost, they had a 3-1 lead against the Nuggets. A Nuggets team that, yeah, 
they were good. They're not a great basketball team. They were a year away. Yeah, exactly. And they lost a 3-1 lead to them. I don't think that can be understated. So I think, especially if you have a confident Chris Paul, a confident Devin Booker, they match up pretty well. You can have uh, Mikhail Bridges, who's a great 3-D guy, mm-hmm. a lot of length through your guy to Villanova to guard him. Jay Crowder's not scared of anybody. Yep. Not he, scared of anybody at all. Huge for the Heat. Cam Johnson, year. also another great guy that's 6'9", can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Decent defender. You have DeAndre Aiden. I would take – I think he eats Zubac alive. I think if he's in the pick and roll, he fouls a lot. He's, he's a third-year center, as most third-year centers do. I think if the as confident Suns team plays the Clippers in the second round, I definitely think, especially with the home field advantage, I know what the fan situation is. I think they could beat the Clippers. Yeah, I, I see that. I see that as well. Um, let's wrap up the NBA with this. The earlier today, I'm someone who I would say I pay a good amount of attention to the NBA, and I still the play in game rules are a little fuzzy to even me and even to my friend Evan who's sitting right next to us. Evan, do you want to say anything? He he shook his head no, folks. But one day we'll hear from him on the couch. Um, <laughs> uh, Dom, just let's walk us through how the playing game is going to work, and then what would be the seeds right now before we talk some NFL draft. Okay, so the playing game is structured so when the regular season ends. The seven seed hosts the eight seed for a playing game. Okay. The winner of the seven eight game will be the number seven seed in each conference. So, just for reference, right now, the Blazers and Grizzlies are the seven and eight seeds in the West. Okay. And so the Blazers will host the Grizzlies. If the Blazers or whoever wins that game is the seven seed, mm-hmm. the loser of that game. We'll play the winner of the 9-10 game. So just keep in the West. The 9-10 game is the Spurs-Warriors. So let's say the Grizzlies lose to the Blazers in the 7-8 game. They will play the winner of the 9-10 game, which is the Spurs and Warriors. Okay. And the winner of that game... So let's say the Blazers beat the Grizzlies. The the Blazers are the 7 seed. The Grizzlies lose they play the winner of the spurs warriors let's just say the warriors win that game mm-hmm. the grizzlies and warriors play and whoever wins that game is the eighth seed that's gonna be so electric yeah putting it's, it's gonna be like march madness a little yeah bit. and it uh, think about the star power we're gonna have in both conferences correct me if i'm wrong we're not we're gonna have there's a shot we could potentially have luca in this we have dame lillard we're talking about we have um steph curry obviously we're talking about we're talking about ja moran yeah. and DeMar then DeRozan the east, is very underrated yeah, and then in the east, east we got the heat right yeah the heat of the seventh seed but they're gonna be tied with the celtics and if the celtics Dude. are in there the sports oh media is gonna God. go wild you, you have tatum kemba uh jalen brown and then yeah the heat i mean you have the Eastern Conference representative in the NBA Finals. Even the Hornets at the eighth seed. I mean, if LaMelo's back at that point, that could be pretty exciting. Well, you know that Bleacher Report and House of Highlights will have a field day oh, if LaMelo is They eat that up. <laughs> and then the 10 seed for the East, you have the Wizards with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Holy shit, and, this is going to be awesome. And a two-game scenario, I do not really – I mean, granted, Russell Westbrook's very inefficient, but that dude can get hot for two straight games, yep. and him and Bradley Beal, if they combine for 70 points dude, they, they, in, in both games, they can a world easily they could, yeah. make the eight seed. Yeah. I think that that – Easily make the eight that seed. That sets us up for some exciting things. Um, all right. You have anything else on NBA? 
Uh, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for the final, you know, three, four weeks mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, I'll just give my final prediction. I think it's going to be the Lakers against the Bucks. Lakers win in six. But that's All my, right. you don't have to say yours, but I'm just, I'm just going to say I'm mine. still, I'm on the road to saying the Bucks, but I'm going to still say the Nets because I just think Katie's a bad man, but we'll see. He is a bad man. Um, we'll be right back here on the Pineapple Couch to talk some football, NFL draft. All right, welcome back to episode 94. Still here with my boy Dom. We're going to be now going into the NFL draft, which is going to be taking place Thursday night. You're listening to this on a Wednesday, hopefully, or a Thursday, so it might be this night. But uh, yeah, NFL draft happening. Came up a little quicker than uh, it usually does. I didn't quite see it coming, but excited for that. Football is my favorite sport, so excited for the fall. And we got a class of QBs in this draft where there's a lot riding on it. It's either going to be fantastic, we're either going to get one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, we could get one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in a bunch of shit, or we could get a fantastic class. It's, I think the opinions out there are that varied, so let's get right into that. Dom, are we high on Trevor Lawrence? I am high on Trevor Lawrence. Are you high on Trevor Lawrence? I am very high on Trevor Lawrence. I think he could be better than Andrew Luck, because um, I think they're going to surround him with the offensive line, unlike the Colts did. That's the comparison that keeps getting thrown out there. The best prospect since Luck, which is huge. I mean, he's been the guy since he was, like, 15. Uh, I mean, you have, like, McShane Kuyper, who I have him as, like, just as highly rated, if not higher. Um, so, I mean, he's all the tools. He's, like, 6'5", 6'6", 215. He's mobile. He can run. He can make any throw you want. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't see how this guy isn't a successful quarterback. I, I think he could be one of the best uh, quarterbacks in history, as you know probably most. Um, yeah franchises think when they draft a quarterback in the first round yeah i mean i just i don't see anything negative against him he's lost i think he lost two games in college and one was to joe burrow mm-hmm. and i've uh, and then, justin fields yeah exactly when justin fields came back um which we'll talk about later actually about justin mm-hmm. fields um so yeah and i think the the offense around him you know they have james robinson who was a very good rookie last year yeah very good they signed marvin jones they have dj shark who was very good uh and uh chanel we're gonna Colorado. get the urban meyer experiment exactly see how he comes to the nfl it'll be interesting to see how he does in the nfl and how we can kind of bring his offense because his offense i mean he got dwayne haskins drafted as the number 16th pick overall so if he can do that in college yeah. with dwayne haskins it's a different game they'll run like a different offense but i just think he'll be really good with trevor um moving on to the jets yeah does so, that- Zach Wilson, I, I, you seem skeptical on him. I will say this. I enjoyed watching BYU last year. I thought they were a very good team. And I have watched Zach Wilson's pro days, and he looks incredible. But I'm not going to act like Which I'm an expert Which pro day doesn't look incredible? Though. I know, but that's the thing. The, These guys are throwing in shorts. And people are just getting better with, like, film and stuff. So everything just looks like a bomb the way they're running yeah. it. Um, I, I, but I it does look like he has all the stuff. tools. He does look like he has the tools. You don't believe in maybe the experience he has had in college. We could have that conversation about Trey Lance too, but bring. let's hear what you got to say. Yeah. Let's talk about So Zach Wilson, I mean, in the biggest game of the year, he played. Coastal. Yeah, he played pretty bad against Coastal Carolina. Granted, they had like two days of game plan, but you'd think a guy that was going to be the number two overall pick, he could overcome that against a mid-major. That, uh, really quick, that was why BYU team. was my favorite college football team last year, them and Coastal, because they did that. Yeah, no, I agree. It was just like, thank you. Wow. Although, who did BYU duck? Because, like... Uh, they ducked someone, uh, but... It was, like, Oklahoma, or it was, it was someone pretty big, and because Zach Wilson had a thing, has the bandana that said, like, anytime, any place, anywhere, and then they weren't going to... It might have been Washington, I think. Yeah. It might have been Washington. It was, it was 17, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Um, 
my thing is, I think Zach Wilson's a good quarterback. I just don't know if he's going to be like Sam Darnold with the Jets. Are they going to be another dysfunctional franchise? Because if you remember three years ago, Sam Darnold was the cream of the crop in that class with Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. He was the guy that was the safest pick, and now he's on the Panthers three years later. My thing is, I think Zach Wilson can be a good quarterback. just depends on the situation. Like, yeah, they signed Corey Davis. Yep. They signed Tevin Coleman. But it's the Jets. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time the Jets had a good quarterback? Well, you're you're bringing up a good point here. So that's Sam, my issue with this Sam pick. Darnold, Orange County guy, San Clemente High School, right? We're in the city my dad lives in. I went to Mission. I saw him play us. A uh, good quarterback. Er, that's what I'll say because I think the point you're making here is it's not even specifically about Zach Wilson. It's about how fucking bad the Jets are. And I think to your point. None of us can really say, like, is Sam Darnold good or bad? Because it's not really fair. He's been in such a shit situation. The, the best offensive player that was there was Robbie Anderson. They let him walk. The second best one was Le'Veon Bell, who was trash. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even think of like, yeah. another decent guy. And I mean, he was being coached offense. by Frank Adam Gore. They, Frank, they, Frank Gore is their lead running back last year. That dude is... 36 or 37 yeah. years old. His kid plays college football. Yeah. He's a legend, but he should not be your number one. And I mean, Adam. What are Gase, we doing, Jets? Adam Gase, like people, the thing I like to bring about every time I talk about him is he started getting hired after he was the offensive coordinator in Denver at the with Peyton Manning at the end of his career. Do we think Adam Gase taught anything to Peyton Manning? No. no. It was just Peyton Manning being Peyton Manning. Hey, Peyton, he throw the ball downfield. The we saw Tannehill get better when he came to the Titans. Um, yeah, I was He's put in – I think Sam Donald was put in the worst situation ever, an overhyped coach that got hot off of – being the offensive coordinator and like the leading pass game guy for one of the five best quarterbacks of all time. That's what he, I mean, and hey, credit to him. He fooled a lot of people in a lot of front offices and he got two head coaching jobs that he should not have gotten. I mean, in his first press conference, his eyeballs were just gigantic and he looked like he shouldn't have been there. He was like, oh my God, I can't yeah, believe it I was, did this. It was, it was, it was un- weird. I've never seen anything like that. Unbelievable how that man fooled all these general managers and other like front office members to get a job. So, and unfortunately, I mean, yeah, they have Robert Sala. He's the Niners defensive coordinator. He'll be a defensive minded head coach. I mean, it could be like a Rex Ryan situation where they just say, hey, Zach Wilson, don't fuck this up, like, like they did with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. But those, like, they had. Mission Viejo High School. They had a good offense and then they had a great defense. There's that classic Bart Scott quote. Yeah, and they, they beat that the team can't to- wait. That, to that team tore my heart out. That was the most sad I've ever been at a football game. The Mark Sanchez Jets beat the Chargers in 2013. More sad than the Chad Pennington beating the Chargers? Yeah, because I, I wasn't at that oh, one. Oh, you weren't at the game. And that was a good game. the week before that Jets game, Nate Kading set the record for best regular season field goal percentage and hit like a 59-yarder to beat the Bengals. And then the dude missed three field goals within 30 yards in that game. And I know he did it in 06 too against the Jets. It's just a tortured history there with the Jets and the um, Chargers. Chargers. But I I, I got to say, I'm a little surprised because I was expecting, because I knew you had something about Zach Wilson. I thought you were going to be more skeptical of him himself. No, I, I, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, he has but your, your point about the, Jet, or the Jets is like, yeah, it's 100% true because – like, wouldn't you agree? We don't know. The jury's still out on Sam Darnold all these years later. Like, we yeah. truly don't know. Like, he could be great. I think in him. I think him with Matt Rule is going to be great. I mean, he was amazing at USC, and they ran like a pro-ish style offense. And like I said, when he was coming out, 
people had him going to the Browns, and Baker Mayfield yeah. kind of came in like the final final two weeks, week and a half, where like they decided it was going to be this guy. Which I think tro- was a good Heisman call by tro- the Browns. Tro- yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not high on Baker Mayfield personally. I think he's a really good game manager. I don't know if like two minutes and I'm down yeah. four points. Do I trust this guy to give me a touchdown? No. I would personally trust Sam Darnold because I kind of like Sam Darnold's rec- recklessness a little bit. It's kind of like Brett Farvian. Granted, he's not uh, going to be like Jets Brett Favre. Are, this just points to how bad the Jets are that like we've seen Baker like actually achieve some sort of – he's been successful. He made a second in the, round of the playoffs. Yeah. They could have beaten the Chiefs. They could have. And But that's like the fact that we still – I – don't think Darnold's better than Baker. I I uh, I like oh, Baker. I do. I do and I look at the. I think the gamer inside Baker is what like separates. He's the not two. good enough athletically though. He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the arm talent. Yeah, he might be a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. But I just think. But he's done something. Yeah, but he did something because he had an incredible running game with Nick yeah. Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So the, the jury, though, was this year we'll find out, wouldn't you say, with Carolina? Is this I, well, the year? It's, well, I guess because— well, Time's adding up with Darnold. Yeah, but this will be Baker Mayfield's second year in the system with Kevin Stefanski. True. So that's another year under his belt. So you're one, year one Yeah, granted, I think Matt Rule is a great offensive mind, and they have Joe yeah. Brady, who was yeah, at was LSU Joe with Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah. yeah, so I think that would really help him. I think they're going to simplify the game, kind of make it like a USC environment, and he has much better weapons. Yep. And I, I mean, mean so you put him with McCaffrey, yeah, it's by say. far the best yeah. player he's ever been around. Like, um, so yeah, I, I'm actually, I hadn't been thinking too much about the Panthers. Um, but with Darnold, that's actually a very, I'm excited to see what develops there. That's a sneaky, good playoff team, especially with, I think they're going seven teams now. Mm-hmm. This and year. the fact that someone new wins the NFC South every single year. It's exactly. Like the, well, I mean, it's the it's, defense against the dark arts yeah. position at well, Hogwarts. Because did the Buccaneers or Saints win it last year? Oh, I think the Saints, Saints did. did. So the Buccaneers probably win it this year. I mean, the Saints we can go into uh, later uh, on another day or tonight. But uh, I think they're going to be a little better than people expect. I think Jameis with his LASIK will be a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, I think the Panthers can make the playoffs. I I really like Matt Rule. Um, I think with that receiving core, uh, starting with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore with Sam Darnold, and then Christian McCaffrey on the backfield. With I Mike, like it a lot. I think that's going to – I don't know if Mike Davis is still there. He might have been signed somewhere in the offseason. But yeah, I think Sam <laughs> Darnold Bilker is gonna loves Mike Davis. Sam Darnold is gonna have an embarrassment of riches that he hasn't had since he was at USC. Yeah. So we're gonna get the answer, hopefully, or at least parts of it from Darnold this year. But yeah. Which, but um, yeah, but back to the draft and Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's not that I, I like Zach Wilson. I think he I mean I the guy that I really look to uh, when it comes to quarterbacks is uh, Chris Sims. Um, on pro, he's on pro, pro football talk. He's on NBC, and he actually has Zach Wilson above uh, Trevor Lawrence. And in, really, in, 20, in 2018, he had Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and then Baker or uh, Sam Darnold and Baker. So he had Lamar number one, and he had Herbert behind. Which we agree. Burrow now last it's year. Josh Allen who would be number one of that draft class. You think he'd be? You think he's a better quarterback than Lamar? Yeah, Josh Allen's one of my favorite players in the entire league. I think that's a great debate that on another day we can go yeah, into. Yeah, we'll go into uh, Yeah, and Lamar. just to kind of wrap up Zach Wilson, it's mostly about the franchise. It's not about the quarterback. And I think with these quarterbacks, that's what you have to look into. And now going into the Niners, which have the third pick. Was, Wait, which can is, I ask you a question really quick? Yeah, of course. Do you happen to remember what Sims thought about Herbert coming into the league? He had him, behind, uh, he had him above Tua behind Burrow. Oh, Which I, I think I respect fair. that. I think Joe Burrow will eventually be a what? Well, <laughs> We're talking about my my baby. Well, my baby boy. It depends with the <laughs> franchise, though. It just depends. okay. The Chargers are cursed, but we need. But so are the Bengals. The Bengals are never yeah, good. God. I mean, they had they had the best receiver the past ten years and did nothing with him. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about this. 
you're you have this okay because when i first heard this aj Gree argument that you think he's the best receiver of the last 10 years i was like what the I fuck are we it. talking about i here? stand by it i'm thinking about it a little more number one to me it's like without a doubt not even close julio jones he is a freak he is maybe the best wide receiver i've ever seen in my life outside of randy moss did aj w- did aj green have a nfl mvp quarterback in any of I the mean, seasons he was on the it's Bengals tough up. to say matt ryan is an mvp quarterback he won mvp though and i know they he shot did. a super bowl ring they yeah. had kyle shanahan i i don't think that the disparity between ryan and dalton is enough to say that green's one, better than jones one has a what are you talking about one one was like a clear-cut mvp one yeah year, but guess, no one thinks about matt ryan as a clear-cut mvp but he was that one year. That one year, but that one mean. year is not. He's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and he don't won't. That might be true, but I just think Julio is. He's on a different level than AJ. I I mean I think with, I think AJ I don't think with like, the team around buddy him, Evan shames you for having him in like the top three. I don't know if that's necessarily right because this decade is weird because you have receivers, all time receivers like Calvin Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, who only play a certain part of it. So it is hard to gauge that, but I mean, I, I might put, I'd put Antonio Brown over AJ Green the disagree. last ten years. Disagree. AJ Green also gets injured a lot more than these receivers. So Megatron, yeah, Calvin Johnson, he retires in 2015, but like he had years that like right. I I don't know. I don't think. I mean, he was a first ball Hall of Famer, which I think he was. Like Calvin Johnson was amazing. I just personally think in the past ten years. It's AJ Green, and people can argue. So, are you anti Julio in a way? With that? no, I'm not anti Julio, not at so all. So, is he number two? Yeah, I'd, I'd have Julio. What's two the top sure. three? I would probably go. So you're going Green, Julio, then Brown. Green. I mean, throw my boy Keenan Allen some love. Maybe it's a little early. What? Um, I mean, Hopkins could make this list. I don't. I don't think so. I would go. I mean, what? Dez had a fucking great. What about Larry Fitz? He's older, but like, yeah, I, I would put Larry Fitz over AJ Green. I would put I'm Calvin Johnson. At, so I'd put Al, I'm looking at Antonio a list right Brown. now that Mike Florio put, put out. He has Julio, Antonio, Larry Green, Calvin Hopkins. Or sorry, let me back that up. Larry Green, Julio, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Megatron, Hopkins, and AJ Green. Th- so like those basically. Are top six. Me and Florio are on the exact same page. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't know if you want to be on his. I don't know. I know that's tough. That's tough. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, I just think he he really started getting in the in, conversation. He started getting injured in 2016. His first five years in the league, he had like 1,050 yards, seven touchdowns. Second year, like 1,350 yards, 11 touchdowns. Third year, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. 2014, played 13 games. He had like... A little over a thousand yards, six touchdowns, and sixteen games in his fifth year, thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, and then he started getting injured. I think if he had, it's a great player. Just I, I it's my personal opinion. It's and, a, and I respect it. It is a hot take. I'm not it saying a, it's okay. a hot take. I, I it's appreciate extreme. that. Oh, I mean, people could say that Tyree kills better than AJ Green in the past. Well, I guess I know it's it's a little bit smaller sample size, but yeah. All right. What's funny is when you look at some of those lists. This is off. We'll wrap it up with this. You remember Demarius Thomas? Yeah, he was like number eight on that list yeah. I was looking at. Um, so yeah, so he also had T.Y. Hilton at like yeah, T.Y. Hilton's like, mm-hmm. up there too. Um, let's yes. talk about the 49ers because this is where the draft starts, Dom. Yeah, I the agree. third pick. Um, the 49ers obviously trade up to get this pick. So 
there's a lot of reports saying out there that they are looking at Mac Jones because he's a Kyle Shanahan type quarterback. If you think about Mac Jones could technically be the love child of Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins, whoever knows, like who knows like that. They, it seems somewhat similar. There's was a little buzz out for a little bit, like a week about Trey Lance, maybe being the guy for the Niners. I think it's settled in on the Niners want Mac Jones and it did come out today, Dom, that they are shopping Jimmy G aggressively. Well, after Kyle Shanahan said he can't, like, he can't predict who's going to be alive on Sunday. Yeah. When the reporter All asked time, him if he's going to be on the team. All like, time, dude. Coach Cop Out. What yeah. an answer. Um, right now, well, there's two questions. Do you, Who do you think the Niners are going to take? Do we think it's going to be Mac Jones? Yeah. And who do you think they should take? So, it's going to be Mac. Um I don't know why they would play their hand so early. Because if I mean, this is kind of just my my own theory. I would have loved if they drafted Kyle Pitts at number three. Oh, you throw Kittle and Pitts out there! Holy shit! With Debo Samuel and uh, 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 Kendrick Bourne and uh, uh, that Brandon Ayuk running game, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, Raheem Mostert with Jimmy G, who they should have won a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Who would stop that offense? I don't know. That my Kyle, da- Kyle Shanahan's this offensive wizard, like he thinks he is, and granted, he's like he made Matt Ryan MVP, which I mean, granted, he couldn't do that with Andy Dalton, but I digress. Um, <laughs> he is this offensive mastermind, like him and Sean McVay, like the next generation of offensive geniuses, bro. You give him Kyle Pitts, a guy that like everyone's saying is like the most surefire Hall of Famer out of this class. Him and Kittle, with like I said, that receiving core of Debo Samuel, Brent Ayuk, and you have Mostert out of the yeah. backfield. Who is stopping that offense? Yeah. So the argument there is you that you are of the opinion that Jimmy G is competent enough to lead your team to, to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback and to lead your team like he was so close to two years ago. Yeah, which I, which do you I think, think he's not? So I, here, let me explain this to you. Like My dad's a diehard 49ers fan, and he's like, no, we got to get the fuck out, away from Jimmy G. He's so over it. And all year I kind of was like, you ungrateful fuck. I haven't been to a Super Bowl my entire life, and you're trying to ditch this dude a year after you're there. But then there are there is some stuff out there that it's like, okay, maybe Jimmy G isn't there, but then you look at the record when he plays, and it's still pretty fucking good, so it's hard to say. Um, for me, it's tough to see. Why would you Matt trade a guy Jones that to like replace? Like, if you're gonna get yeah, Lawrence or Wilson, it's another sense. thing. But, like, you're going to go get Mac Jones. It's like, how much better in the next three years is Mac Jones really going to be than Jimmy Garoppolo? He's just so accurate, which Kyle uh, Kyle Shanahan loves. He's, like, unbelievably accurate. Okay, I didn't know. And he's, he's like, he's like I think he could be, like, 76% of his passes this year. Granted, so, Smith playing, and Devontae Smith and the other receivers said he was better than Tua, right? Yeah. They, which I don't think is saying that much. I don't think Tua Devontae is Smith was asked, like, would you rather have Tua or Mac Jones? And he, like, within... <laughs> A millisecond said, oh, Mac Jones. It's not even close. So I think, and I mean, people thought Tua would have been the first overall pick if he didn't get injured uh, in that uh, LSU-Alabama game in 2019. So I think that does say a little bit, and granted, I agree with you. I don't think Tua's that good. I think Tua's like a worse Drew Brees, which, hey, that's not a bad person to be worse than because that's one yeah. of the best quarterbacks ever. But he, 
I just, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I don't see the hype around Mac Jones. He, I guess he fits Taylor made into what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. And like I said, Kyle Shanahan thinks he's a mastermind, offensive mastermind. He's proven that. I think he thinks I'm going to have a guy that will be eventually better than Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins. And I've made those guys very, very good. Why can't I do that with a guy that's he gets super- to sculpt him from day one? Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think he likes the fact that he's a... Uh, um, which, I mean, Alabama quarterbacks haven't done that well in the NFL. But I think Mac Jones is a little different. I this think is he's... Jerry Jones' grandson or some shit, right? I don't think so. Oh, my God. Do Have I really thought that Mac Jones was related to Jerry Jones for the last couple of years? <laughs> I don't think they're related. Oh, let please me let me know. Because I've... Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay, thank God. You're right. <laughs> I thought You're... I was just like the, like... There is some sort of... There's got to be some sort of relation there. I'm looking at the... Oh, I don't... Uh, actually, I don't. I think you're. Uh, I think you're wrong because I'm reading this article. No, yeah, you're wrong. It's an Arkansas quarterback that he was. Yeah, I, I don't think they're related at all. Fuck. Yeah, I don't think they're related at all. One also, be rough. so like a big reason why these uh, teams are passing on Justin Fields, who I mean, I I don't think that the Niners should take him either. Like I pers- I think they should take Kyle Pitts. Um, but Mac Jones got a DUI when he was a freshman, and people are shitting on Justin Fields for having epilepsy, but no one's talking about Mac Jones having a DUI. I just find that kind of weird. Normally, I think that's like a character. Yeah, well, I don't dude, know if Baker topic. had a DUI, that would have been. Yeah, like, and he, I mean, he, like, he's going to be the surefire number three pick. I just think that's kind of odd that Justin Fields has <laughs> epilepsy. Granted, it's a major issue. I'm not denying that, but Mac Jones got a DUI, and, like, it's kind of being – not talked yeah. about like anywhere. I mean, I feel like that'd be a pretty big probably risk a little, for someone being the number three pick overall. Yeah. And that's, that's probably because into. he's coming from a, a program like Alabama where Evan's listening to Instagram videos. Um, he's coming from a program where Alabama where it's very tight knit. So maybe that's the uh, <laughs> the vibe with uh, <laughs> Mac Jones. He also has Nick Saban as his coach, which I think is a little more impressive than Ryan Day. I digress. But yeah, I mean, I. I would personally pick Trey Lance here. I think Trey Lance can be really, really good. I think with a, like a, a little bit better mechanics, but I don't like. I think that's why they're going to go with Mac Jones. Mac Jones is going to be a surefire, above or average to above average quarterback. Trey Lance is a project. Trey Lance could be super. He, Trey Lance you're gonna has have gotten to Josh behind, Allen comparisons. You're going to have to put him behind Jimmy G. Have him like sit for you know six weeks until. You know, the owner and the team is like, hey, you jacked this guy number three overall. We're paying him all this money. Why isn't this guy on the field? Yeah. Well, so basically we're at the point where it's like Mac Jones probably has a much higher floor, but Trey Lance has a much higher ceiling. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I spot on. I think Mac Jones would be a good quarterback. I think he's also going into Yeah, the- Lance over Fields. I do too. Yeah, I do too. I, okay. I, I have Mac Jones fifth personally. I have Fields and Mac Jones to me are a toss-up because I think Fields is better in college, but I've just seen Ohio State quarterbacks suck for so long yeah. that I'm holding that against Fields, which is maybe not fair. But, I mean, dude, the th- same thing actually could be said of Alabama quarterbacks. So Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, what, uh, like the best one's A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron, he's yeah. He's a backup for, I think he's a backup for mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. I mean, Tua has, the is the shot to be the best one. I mean, what, Jalen Hurts, too, for a bit. Yeah. Um, let's, okay. I want to get into draft props, but really quickly, I wanted to ask you a question. It's kind of more about team building here. So we got two teams in the Chargers and the Bengals who drafted what we would call a franchise quarterback last year. The Bengals get Burrow, the Chargers get Herbert. And this year, they are both, I know, the Warriors are getting fucking smoked right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, They both are looking to add 
something to that offense with those two franchise cornerstones, correct? So my question to you, Dom, is, and this is maybe a little more applicable to the Dolphins because they're at six, do or not to the Dolphins, yeah. excuse Bengals me, are to five. the Bengals at five. We could throw uh, in the Dolphins. The though, Dolphins, I think, can be considered two with Tua. They thought they got their franchise quarterback in Tua. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they could definitely be throwing this yeah. conversation. Do you go offensive line route or do you go wide receiver route? Because we're seeing a lot of stuff with the Bengals of them wanting to re, uh, realign Burrow with Jamar Chase, right? And then Devontae Smith rumored to maybe go to the Dolphins and then the thing with the Chargers is Herbert has pushed for his offensive tackle Penny Sewell to come if he falls to 13 so my question to you I am on the offensive line side because the chart I think it's honestly just because I'm a Chargers fan and five offensive linemen get hurt a year so it's like holy fuck can we get more and the Chargers have I think a decent wide receiving core but if you're the Bengals you're one of these young teams do you invest in your offensive line or your wide receiving core in that first round? I think if you're the Bengals and Jamar Chase is there, you got to go Jamar Chase. I'd expect him to be there and to pair him up with Joe Burrow after the season they had at LSU yeah. in 2019. I mean, they were an unbelievable one to do. I mean, Jamar Chase was the best wide receiver on that team, and that team had Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, just the guy was a pro bowler this year. He's got his own fucking dance in Fortnite, for Christ's sake. Yeah, jeez. I think that... Uh, <laughs> Did you see the meme? So, like, Justin Jefferson's getting a... Like, he's the first football player yeah. being inducted into if Fortnite. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. And there was a meme of Juju, like, just crying. Oh, no, I didn't see that. The first I didn't see that's in. funny. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah continue. No, I, I think you got to go Jamar Chase. Um, like I said, just to pair him up with Joe. They were unbelievable that year. I also think they have a, a, a lineman they drafted in the first round um, in the 2020 draft, I want to say, and Jonah Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Alabama. I don't think he played at all last year. This got Riley Reef from the Vikings. So I think I think they think that they're good at offensive line. I think they do need to get better, but I just think when you have Joe Burrow's star wide receiver from a year where he was the best quarterback in college football history, arguably, I don't think you can pass up an opportunity to pair him with Jamar Chase, personally. Yeah. At five. At six, I would do the same thing. I would pair up Devontae Smith. With, you can uh, say you're Smith over Waddle. Uh, yeah, I'd rather take the guy that uh, won the. People are worried about uh, Smith's size. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you. The way that like I get so I've been like I listen to a bunch of podcasts and stuff like that. And, like the way that like these scouts and like I mean you have Todd McShay talking about Devontae Smith now he like picks up on coverages and stuff like that. And now after one series, he can tell like oh they're they're going to you know cover two and yeah. then they're like. Uh, like they're zoning in on like the shorter routes, so you can beat him deep or whatever. I think adding Devontae Smith, you can have him as a slot guy because on the outside you can have Will Fuller and Devontae Parker kind of uh-huh. get the pressure off him. Um, and I mean he can go deep too. And I think pairing him with Tua, I mean Tua threw him the touchdown to win the national championship against Georgia. I think, mm-hmm. the, and they were there at Alabama. Grant, I don't know how those comments about Devontae Smith saying that he would take Mac Jones yeah. over Tua. I think they'd probably laugh about it, be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'll get over um, it. I would do that, and I think with the Chargers, if Sewell and Slater are there, I would. Well, I think I think well, it just depends. I don't. I don't think Sewell's gonna make. I think it's lower chance that Sewell's there. But if you're the Chargers, you have to take an offensive lineman. Yeah, no matter what, you got to go either uh, Sewell, Slater, or uh, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Mm -hmm. I think that your offense because they have skill position players. You got Keenan Allen. You got Mike Williams. We're losing a little bit on the tight end. Do you like Mike Williams though? Mike Williams is a better version of Malcolm Floyd, which isn't saying much, but. 
Um, Chargers legend. Um, I do think that Mike Williams, the way he can stretch the defense with a guy Wasn't like he Herbert. The seventh pick overall. Yeah, we took him over Mahomes. I mean, but you got, you got, I mean, yeah, you obviously have Mahomes, but you have Herbert. So yeah, I love like, Herbert. I think that um, the next ten or so years in the AFC West, the duels between Herbert and Mahomes we're gonna get should be hopefully awesome. Like we should get some great matchups there. So crossing our fingers for that. I agree a hundred percent with the Chargers taking a tackle. Let's wrap it up with this, Dom. I will say you're a a proficient NFL gambler. I've gambled with you in many different aspects of sports. Mm-hmm. I hear you have some NFL draft props to share with the good people of the Pineapple Couch. And we we are thirsty and hungry for <laughs> props here on the Pineapple Couch. I know our listeners are. So let's get into that before we wrap up. So uh, these are all just my, my personal bets. I have Devontae Smith. A draft position under 11 and a half. I personally mm. think he gets picked by the Dolphins. The Dolphins, there, yeah. I have uh, Travis Etienne, the Clemson running back, under 35 and a half. I think he goes in the first round. Um, I have Rashad Bateman, over 28 and a half. I think after it goes, you know, your top three in any order is Chase, Waddle, Smith. And then I think Elijah Moore from Ole Miss is better. I think uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida. Um, who I think will be picked by the Packers. Mm-hmm. He's like a little slot guy. He's like 5'8". I think he'll be really good to pair with Devontae Smith. I think he's a better receiver than him. And he opted out at Minnesota, and then he opted back in, and he didn't play very well. Um, so I have the over on him. And then I have Patrick Sertan, the second. I have the over um, on his draft position at 9.5. I think he goes to 10 to the Cowboys, because I think the Cowboys need any help of defense. That they he's going to be a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he can't really man up very well. Um, he like he's like a really I think Dan Quinn will play like the Seahawks style um, defense. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, he'll be like a, like a Richard Sherman kind of guy, like a really good zone guy, not really yeah. good man to man. You kind of have to just have him like guard a certain area. Um, but yeah, I think I mean those those are mine. Devontae Smith under eleven and a half, Rashad Bateman over twenty eight and a half, Travis Etienne under thirty five and a half, and Patrick Sertan over nine and a half. So. Um, you can get them with your bookie or wherever you you want to bet. Um, I know the gambling is not legal here in California, but uh, so lame. Yeah, it's it's very stupid. But um, it, yeah. it's just like every week a new state legalizes it. We're just like, yep, eh, here we are. It creates so many. Jo- yeah, it, it makes it makes no Let's go sense. Go to Palm Springs, fucking yeah. Christ. Yeah, um, Dom. Makes no sense. An absolute pleasure to talk NBA and NFL with you today. We'll have you on next week. I enjoy to the folks listening at home. This is the first live pineapple couch I've done in person in months we've done everything through zoom i moved and then obviously got all the corona shit happening and it's also hard to fit everyone in the crazy schedule so super fun to do one in person here with dom so we're going to be doing a lot more of that as obviously the nba playoffs are going to be heating up and then we'll react to some of this draft stuff we talked about today dom a pleasure my friend yeah thank you uh Happy to be on and looking forward to be on uh, next week or whenever's next. I really appreciate it. Of course. All right. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little baseball and we'll be right back on the pineapple couch. All right. Welcome back to the pineapple couch. We're here to talk some baseball, L baseball, some MLB. To do that, I will be joined by my two two friends who love this great game. Uh, You got Stephen Young. Stephen, how you doing, my friend? Great. Good to have you. And uh, Mr. Dog, Andrew Radcliffe on the logo. How you doing? Oh, great to be here. 
An Good honor day. to get in the logo too. You made it. It's an honor. You put in the work, my friend. I mean, what? I would think we're at like episode 93. I think you've been on like fucking 80 of these or something. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of time. I'm honored. Um, okay. Lots going on in baseball. And because we're kind of doing this every week, every other week, we're gonna kind of go through some of the big storylines. And then at the end of this, we're gonna do our top five hitters that we've seen in the last 20 years in baseball. And so that'll be an interesting conversation and you guys can share what you guys would have selected for your top five with us on social media after um but andrew i think we wanted to start with with a little hot take to get this conversation cooking uh do you want to lead the way mr dog i will lead the way so my hot take kind of like wanted to say it because it wasn't as high on this team like everyone always says every single year um especially just with how you know, after Garrett Cole, who do the Yankees have to pitch and everything? I don't think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs right now. If they keep this up and with all the Aaron Boone stuff, like there are a lot. And there's a, the team that Stanton's probably going to get hurt still. Judge Mike. will probably miss two or three weeks. Torres hasn't hit a home run or he has like one home run and like 300 at bats. He hit five this spring, but he hit 39 two years ago. Last year, he fell off. He still he has zero home runs this year. Um is it shocking or is it like because yeah, Glaber Torres, he came out, he had 39 like his rookie year. And he was like, oh, my God, this guy's Derek Jeter. He's going to replace him. He's amazing. Hmm. And he's just completely fallen off. The Yankees, I mean, Aaron Boone, so many people are mad about him. It's kind of like the Dave Roberts effect. Like anytime the Yankees lose or the Dodgers lose, it's, oh, my God, the manager put in this guy. The manager do, do made you think that Aaron call. Boone deserves as much of the blame as he getting? Is he going to get it, fired this year? He might. I mean, well, in the Steinbrenner, in Steinbrenner, if he was Billy Martin, he'd be fired five times. He'd be gone so long ago. And he just kind of seems uh, like the Yankee fan seems like he's soft. And, you know, he's not doesn't get enough energy. He, he actually got picked out of a game yesterday. So I think that was his way of like, let's spark up because they lost the Orioles. If they lose to the Orioles, it's still April. But this is a team that they won 18 straight games. They're like 9-14 and 14 right now. They lost yesterday to the Orioles. There's a four-game set. If they don't win this series, I would like to see a live camera in New York, how they're doing right now. Yeah, they, at least they got the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, they got the Knicks. But seriously, like, Garrett Cole, then who? Uh, that, they I mean, have, like, a kind of a bullpen. It's like, it's Jordan Montgomery. It's Delby Garcia. It's a bunch of... It's the same thing as the Angels. You're throwing up Angel pitchers. You got, yeah, we have Jose Quintana. Yeah, we have Andrew Heaney. They're all right, but you don't know what you're going to get every single day. Steven, do you think that this is, like, fixable for the Yankees? Like, there's two scenarios. Like, do you, what would be more surprising to you? The Yankees just can kind of keep this up and don't make the playoffs, or the Yankees turn it on and win the AL East? I literally wrote down this same hot take as Andrew. I literally wrote, the Yankees don't make playoffs. All right. So that's... <laughs> do you think when Luke Voigt come, how much is Luke Voigt going to help? Because normally they rely on their hitting, and their yeah. hitting is worse than baseball right now. Mm-hmm. So now you're kind of starting to see all the problems that they've had that they've kind of covered up by pitching. So I guess who's doing like it. really well annoyingly again, and we don't know why, and they should be banned and have a Babe Ruth curse for trading Mookie Betts. The Red Sox are actually doing okay because this is what they always do every four years. And every time they have win 65 games, they're like, oh, they suck. This is when they strike, and we don't know how. I mean, Alex Verdugo's doing okay. Chris Sale's around the corner. He's coming back in June. Remember that guy? If that guy's yeah, half of what he is, and they're playing, and they're at 500-level baseball, plus you have the Rays. 
they're still kind of doing their thing. Then you have the Blue Jays, which is the most fun team to watch in baseball. And right now, hey, you can't even beat the Orioles, those pesky O's. <laughs> so there's this, it's early, but I would yeah. slight concern. My okay. hot take is they're missing the playoffs. So, so both of you on that hot take, I'll go to the other coast here for oh. my hot take. Um, California is peak baseball. It is the best. It is nothing can fucking touch it. The that if you combine the five teams that play in California right now, they are sixty nine and forty five overall. Every single team is above five hundred. I would say that ten to fifteen of those losses are against each other. Probably the A's are on fire. The Giants are on fire. The Dodgers, we expected this, and then I think we're going to get to the Padres-Dodgers series, but that's exactly what we wanted to see from the Padres. That's what we thought coming into this year was going to be the battle, and the Padres, yeah, they're a couple. The, Tatis missed some time. They're a little couple games off. It's early. They showed that they're not going to be pushed around, and that's, I mean, I guess part two of my hot take, that is by far the best rivalry in baseball right now. It is maybe the best rivalry yeah. I've seen in years in baseball. The way these teams troll each other. Yeah, that was awesome. How they like trolled each other this weekend. Um, but it's funny when people, I mean, just the intensity. It's like we're not saying it's the, you know, people aren't saying it's the Dodgers, Giants, or it's the Yankees. The right? we're, saying, we're saying right now. It's like, I know for 70 years. Believe me, I know the Padres haven't been relevant for 12 years. This is awesome. Yeah. That's why it's so exciting because they're actually good. And then they're trolling each other on Twitter. They're doing, they're being flashy in front of us. And hey. Guess what? Little brother said, "Fuck you." Took three out of four this weekend, and they won. They came back from six runs on Sunday night. Yeah, let's so, let's talk about that that series. That was huge. Andrew, go straight into it. How did Tatis do? He did pretty fucking well. Oh my God. He did so well. It's still, the defense, like he's got to get a little rhythm on that because he's made a couple errors, and I'm still my heart skips a beat every time he throws the ball right now. But my God, seeing him hit five home runs. Especially, like, keep in mind, so the Padres, the last 12 games, they'll never have to go through a stretch like this until the playoffs. They went, so they played the Dodgers last weekend. You go through those four all-star Cy Young pitchers. Then you go to Milwaukee. Yeah, they got swept, but those first two, Brandon Woodruff, nasty. Corbin Woods, Cy Young kind of pitcher this year. Finally got his first loss yesterday against the Marlins, but Corbin Burns has a sub- one ERA. He has like 48 walks, or excuse me, 48 strikeouts and zero walks right now. He has not walked a batter yet this year. It's yeah. unbelievable. Um, and then they go back to the Dodgers, and then you got Kershaw again, Bauer, Dustin May, who arguably has just as good stuff, like maybe the best pitch in baseball, Dustin May, the 102-mile-per-hour sinker. Tatis goes yard five times against those guys. It was- He's flashy. I mean, there was, it was so fucking awesome the way he did it. Um, okay, something that's really fucked up, and I, um, the MLB, we know they do this, and then they seem to just shoot themselves in the foot and not care. Sunday night, Dodgers-Padres. That was the first time I was able to watch them this year. I have cable up here in San Francisco. Like I have the sports package. I don't have MLB extra innings or anything, but that is the first time I've got to watch those teams this year. Because, And you know what? They're, it's even hard to find streams of Dodgers games. The Dodgers and Lakers, they're, whatever cable they deal they did, they are the worst. It's the worst so thing in all of sport. It's unbelievable. So ironically, last week, quick little story. So the Dodgers are playing the Padres on Thursday. Mm-hmm. The Angels, so then YouTube gets to come in on these TV cards and be like, hey. 
the Angels and Astros are playing. They're like, hey, we're going to we're going to take that game from Bally Sports. We're going to put it on YouTube, a YouTube special, because all the millennials love watching baseball on YouTube. Yeah. So God. takes away from Bally Sports. So literally the three South Southern California teams that live in South Orange County, the Padres, Angels and Dodgers were all blacked out. And guess who has MOB TV? Andrew. And guess who couldn't watch anyone in California? Andrew. It, yeah. it makes no sense. And it's like, I just don't get it. And they have. That was the first. Um, that was the too. first time at home for my dad lives in South Orange County. It was the first time he got to watch Dodgers Padres without it being blacked out, too. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. And then, you know, you get. Thank God it was Matt Vesker. Did anyone. Did you listen to that? Was A Rod so funny that day? Did I. Like, I mean, did A Rod was got a on lot going on fire. right now, my friend. <laughs> he, I mean, he's <laughs> he coming off. The whole J-Lo thing. I'm he was just think, spitting things, though. I'm starting to think A-Rod was just, like, luckily good at baseball because his takes <laughs> are just atrocious. He's just so like, – I think he's so, like, funny and perfect he, for Sunday night they were baseball. were spotted together at dinner. J-Lo and A-Rod again? Yeah. Oh I, I don't gosh. think there's been a funnier Instagram story post of all time than A-Rod – T- looking at photos of him and J-Lo filming it to fix you by Coldplay in the background. <laughs> that that kill, it was like, this man is a legend. He just simped to Coldplay <laughs> to millions of And people. then this guy, he's taking Matty V's line when, like, the, when Machado ties the game. And then he's like, Santa Maria! And he's just A-Rod, and he gets all excited, and he sounds funny, and I love that guy. So, yeah. But they, they've been, that's, Padres won game seven. I'm just kidding. It's the... April series, but they've been seven for seven, like ten or eleven out of ten entertainment value every time. Isn't the the, the overall season like series like score like within one or two runs or some shit? It's like crazy. It was a crazy set. I mean, before Sunday, I saw there was like four to five lead changes in 58, 59 innings. Um, the Jeez. biggest lead at the time was like two runs, two or three runs. That was the biggest comeback of the year too, the Padres. And- yeah, and then you know how like they do the win problem. It's like they had a ninety-eight point seven. So it's like, hey, maybe they'll be the Falcons this year. That'd be cool. Yeah, that, that would be good. Um, on a completely side note, you guys see that dude's leg in UFC? Yeah, I watched the. Yeah, oh my god, I saw that fight. That was horrible. I I just I I can't. I'm not good at UFC. I'm not either. I'm really cool, not good at I, watching that. I don't like it. I just for some reason. I chose to not watch the fight, and then all of a sudden, my timeline is just filled with this man's foot. Oh, I couldn't get out of my head for a couple days. Sorry, side note. Um, Let's go to this, guys. We are living in the year 2021. Things are fucking crazy. And the Giants are tied for first place in the NL West with a 15-8 and record. Let's go. You know what we are proving? We don't need a very high batting average. We don't need to. Have very quality pitchers, name brand wise, like Steven mentioned earlier. We're going to get the fifth starter in everyone's rotation. And we're going to grit and grind you and get, to their credit, incredible luck. But you got to be in the right place to get that luck. And here they come the G-Men, 15 and 8. I've turned around on my boy Gabe. My guy, Mike Yastrzemski, he's not even playing that well this year. He's on the DL right now, and they're still getting things done. It is so funny. It is so funny because you think about, and I don't want you to take any offense with this, Andrew. You think about all what we're talking about in the offseason is the arms race between the Dodgers and Padres. 
and it is early. I understand, like, if we're doing betting odds, yes, I will still take the Padres and Dodgers of the Giants. And the Giants just do nothing and are continually shit on and like, oh, they want this guy. Don't get him. And after all that, we're a month in. And the Giants are 15 and 8. It is such a mind so, fuck. What, what do you guys see in this? Uh, Giants have the second best team ERA. Okay, there we go. Opponents are hitting 205, and they have a 1.06 whip on top of the best fielding percentage in baseball. Hey, no so errors. Tatis should take I'm some notes. This is the, they should. <laughs> they need a game to hit some, some ground balls. Get that back. But all I heard there, Stephen, is this is like the Glavin Smoltz. This is the 90s Braves, baby. Yeah. yeah. But you have <laughs> Anthony DeSclafani. Complete game shutout last night, by the way. Aaron Sanchez. Like, all these guys were their fifth starter in their rotation on the previous team, and they got dropped. And the Giants are like, yeah, fuck it. We'll We'll sign them. them. (laughs) Let's ride. And it's it's crazy. I mean, you got to – I don't know what it is about this Giants team the last 15 years. Just the way – like when they won in 2010, they won in 2012. They were not like really a top 10 team in terms of power ranking in baseball either of those years. Like, 13th best team every yeah, single and, time. And it's it's, it's just so annoying. It's like time again. They've just they're feisty. I, how does Northern California do it? Because that was like my thing. It's like think about all the money spent. Yes, the Dodgers are doing fine, but it's like between the Angels, Padres, Dodgers, all that money compared to the A's and Giants. The A's Giants and Dodgers walk into a bar and they're tied at 15 and 8 right now. And you could combine the pay. You, I know this isn't true, but theoretically, you could combine the payroll of the A's and the Giants. And it would be half the Dodgers. Half <laughs> the Dodgers would be half the pot. It would be half the Angels. It would be half of Justin Upton Eric Poole's contract, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Hey, they went uh, back to back last night. So. Is there uh, expensive home runs? Very expensive. Any home sustainability? Runs. I think they're, I think obviously, when you're looking a lot, they're like the type of team team in like basketball when you see like holy shit they're 13 and 3 in games decided by five points in the last two minutes that sometimes can be taken as luck and so i'm i'm taking into account that this team is having a little luck but with the way that i don't see them massively falling off i think they're going to be solid like we talked before the season because they're not even hitting that well right now they won't they never will but we can get really to like, I think they're at like 205 before last <laughs> night they had like 12 runs but there was when you said Stephen that they have like the two hundred five team ERA. The Giants were hitting like two hundred three, like and they scored twelve runs They're last still night. Still minus so five just, in there. Like <laughs> it, it changed, but it's a uh, it's really it's funny to watch. I just am really enjoying it. And let's go to the A's. Just staying in the Bay. A's nine and one in their last ten. Um, Andrew, we were wondering if before the season, if this might be one of those seasons where the A's drop off a little, cause that happens every three or four years. It doesn't appear to be that way. What is, have you watched much of this A's team? What stood out to you guys? See, the worst thing is he was wearing an A's shirt right now, isn't he? Uh, it's my point. Well, uh, same, same colors. Same colors. <laughs> you, you tricked me there. But for the A's, like, I think it's just the classic example. Cause I haven't really watched the A's since the first like weekend Just. You know, the the first five or six games of April have a lasting effect compared to like the next, the rest of the season. Nobody cares about a six-game losing streak in April, or they over-exaggerate in April, and then June they don't care as much. But it's like the A's literally have the best record in baseball and start off like one and nine, one and eight, tied for the best record, of course. 
33 percent pie you know yeah <laughs> um so do you think if you're, you, you guys are looking at the future of the al west this season do you would if you're look the a's are probably the betting favorite right now i would assume still would going you, to astros. you would still go the astros because the astros just had um covid stuff like the last week so altuve bregman they hit everyone who banged a trash man did not play like for eight days. So was anyone who was, <laughs> yeah. So it was funny so how that good players on their team. <laughs> Exactly. And then Altuve comes back yesterday, goes three for five, gets stolen base, and so the Astros will be okay. Um, you think guys get the wild card though? That's like it's so wide open because the Yankees might be fighting for the wild card this year, and that's a weird thing to say. And it's like, hey. Give a little love by the city by the beach. Those halos, they're, they, they got <laughs> a little bit of a baby vibe. Up. Light that baby up. They're, they're hanging around. <laughs> Let's it, talk about Shohei. Mariners. The Mariners always start off really well, yeah, and they have like good. a terrible three months. But maybe they have the three and number four prospect. If they call them up, maybe one of those guys are Mike Trout. Maybe one of those guys do something. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Shohei. I mean, Steven, I think you shared a stat with us last night. What was it? Oh, I was watching them. So he went five innings, nine strikeouts, had an RBI double, and then literally like six inning, he goes and bunts for a single. Like this is a pitcher bunting for singles and then stealing a base. Like it's, had, it's unheard of. Had you guys given up on the idea of Shohei being a two-way player because of injuries? A little bit, yeah. 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 I did. And I still, I still I like need to like got to see like a couple more like the whole year of pitching. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, like you said, because like in the first inning, he sucked. I mean, he did his class. Like there was thirty pitches. It was walking people. I was like, I would literally just stand there and make him throw seven pitches every time because he was going to throw a seven pitch walk. He should throw his fastball more. I think. I think instead of like stop trying to get like an O one like slurve or slider, just you throw a hundred and one, dude. Like get over the plate. Like be more aggressive. Um, but last night when he is down four runs in the first inning, like you would, he never recovers from that when he's pitching. And then he went through like three or four innings and he struck out eight of nine and it was on like 40 or 50 pitches. And it's like, there he is. He finally settled in, like maybe he needed to get a hit. And he started, I was like, okay. And then we tied the game. He got the nerves out of the way. But it's like usually in the past when Shohei starts walking people and runs start scoring, he's out by the first or second inning. So credit to Joe Madden. For again, for like letting him, for trusting him. Suppose that. How old's Shohei? Shohei's like young. 23, 24. But this is a game too where Mike Trout was four for five with like two RBIs. No <laughs> one was talking about it. First game back. He's, dude, game he's back. batting over no 400 right now. I think he's been 433 at this point. He's the Tim Duncan, but like better of baseball because like, like sometimes you'll casually look at like Tim, if you go back and look at Tim Duncan's like playoff stats or career stats, it's just like, Holy shit. And is Mike Trout no underrated? <laughs> yeah, I think Mike Trout is he underrated. It's a quiet numbers, man. A quiet 44-33. He's got five home runs. Well, I'm, I'm sure he'll come up in this next topic we have, gentlemen. Um, I thought this would be fun to do today. The top five hitters, batters, that we've seen in the last 20-ish years of the MLB. I'm not going to be a stickler for if it's 25 years. I don't really care. We're all... I'm, I mean, Steven's 24, Andrew and I are 25, so it's not, we're not going to be going back into the 70s, 80s because we weren't alive, but uh, we probably, we saw the tail end of the steroid era, so a lot of those players are in play, but uh, 
Let's do it. Should we go from one to five or five to one, gentlemen? How do we want to do this? Can we just all agree that Barry Bonds is in this and not put him in there? Is that cool? Oh, I had him at one. I had but him okay. number one. But right. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, Barry's one. We got Who's Barry's one? Can we just like this to do yeah, this? Barry's we all know. Barry's go. Barry's one. Okay. So um, how about let's just go one through five then. So for number two, Mr. Young, Stephen, what you got? It pains me to say this, but uh, I'm taking A-Rod. Wow. Mr. Rodriguez. Just, God damn it, Steven. Great I, minds think alike. You know, we got the Yankees. The steroid kind of messed with it, but this guy was just hitting way over 300, hitting home runs. RBI is yeah. the real deal. I had A-Rod, too. A-Rod's A-Rod the like, freaking best player I've ever seen. I don't have A-Rod at two. I have Brandon Belt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to be like, <laughs> I have Mike Trout. Mike Trout. He's the best baseball player I've ever seen. I don't. Yeah, I, I saw Barry. I was really young. I've never seen it. Mike Trout's, if you were to build a perfect baseball player, he would be it. And if you'd build a perfect baseball player's personality, it would also be that. Because I, I like it. I, I was a, I'm a Giants fan. Buster Posey. It's nice not having your guy complaining or doing some shit. It's nice. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about Mike Trout. Like you just mentioned, he's hitting over 400 right now. He's going to be the best player in every game he plays in. So I have him at um, two. Maybe a little recency bias. I don't know. But I have him at two. Uh, Mr. Young, Steven, number three. Uh, Albert Pujols. That's, this, this that's, what, I, that's what I have for number three. 2000 to 2010, was, I think his career average was 336. And you know who's batting under two or 300 now after his wonderful 10-year tenure with the Angels? He's cool? batting over 300, his career batting average. How sad oh is that? Oh, my gosh. That's how bad he's been. <laughs> it's gone down like 23 points in 10 years. Anyways, I have – I've got but, the walls here, too. Yeah, take out the disgruntled Angel fan in you, Andrew. And oh I mean, the, the run he had was unbelievable. It I was, have him at three as well. For, look at that. So. The words I said that you won't like was like, wow, the Angels just signed LeBron James in 2012. And then – Fuck LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck LeBron. Turned out better teammate. Well, we can go into that. That's the thing. I don't. I, <laughs> that's why Pujols. He, he took a lot of money and he underperformed a lot. But great guy. Hard yeah. to hate. Um. Okay. So you guys have Bonds, A Rod, Pujols. I have Bonds, Trout, Pujols. I know who's the next one. I have. I'm gonna go first for four. <laughs> okay. And I would just. This is a an olive branch of sorts to my friend here, Stephen. Oh God, you're the same too. Miguel Cabrera, number yep. four. Yes, sir. That's wow. Yes, yep. that Miguel dude's Cabrera. a machine. Won the triple crown. Yeah. He had those like five years, four or five years with the Tigers, where he right when like Albert Pujols starting to fade away a little on bit. That young big, Marlins team. He was young on that Marlins team that won yeah. it all too, right? He was a rookie when they won the World Series. And then Man. he just he had like a six. Seven even take four. This is like maybe your. Is this your yeah. favorite so, player of your? Or this Verlander, is my favorite player, yes. Okay, Cabrera. Uh, just, I'm blessed having MLB TV, and just, I would watch Miguel Cabrera every single day, and it was just insane. I think he has the best numbers off Mariano Rivera, probably the best closer of all time. This guy would take his inside cutter and hit it like right center, which is I don't even know how you do that. And like Mariano Rivera would just shake his head. I've never seen a guy use all fields with power like that. It, it's incredible. 
Does he have how many home runs does he have? Is he in the five hundred? Five hundred something. Mm-hmm. He's over five hundred though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for me, like he has power, but I've never seen a guy just be able to hit the ball wherever he wants to hit the ball. And still, the guy's the, the biggest dork ever too. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that that's what you want. <laughs> you want the dorks, gentlemen. Yeah, another guy that didn't really complain about yeah. where he was, yeah. and there is definitely things to complain about in Detroit. So. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> there, there's a lot. Okay, so we all I had him at four. Um, I think we're the same here. I think I can I, feel. I can feel what we're all saying here. I don't think. I think I'm going off the reservation. I don't think you are. I am not including a Rod on my list. Be I don't know. I'm just not. I know he could be, but I just decided I wasn't going to include him. And I'm going to go for the player who, in person, watching him. And this is a nostalgia pick. I'm taking Vladimir fucking Guerrero. Vladdy was so... I know he's... Probably, like, there's players that was an honorable mention of mine. He huh? was so okay. electric. His swing, his batting stance, the pine tar on his helmet, number 27. And no batting gloves. He was so cool. He was growing he up. I thought he was the coolest balls. baseball player in the world. <laughs> he... Was he a really good bad ball hitter? Yeah. Like the so ball, he watched so Pablo Sandoval could run. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm throwing Vladdy in there just because I loved watching him so much. So that's why I'm at five. I think I know who you're going to put at five, Andrew. And I think he was who I was deciding between. So Andrew, then Steven. Take a guess. Adrian Gonzalez. No, 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 no. We, we are forgetting about the probably the best hitter ever. Ichiro Suzuki. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> Ichiro Suzuki, and this is like because this is your guy too. So I'm like, I'm glad you went Vladdy. He was on my honorable mention, but I, I mean, Ichiro, Ichiro. That's, that's an L by me. I forgot Ichiro, but Ichiro, my God, the best leadoff hitter. I mean, you could argue Ricky Henderson, but I would take Ichiro. He's just as fast, and then my God, he's a better hitter. He can hit a home run whenever he wants. I know he hits like ten a year, but whenever the fuck that guy wants to hit a home run, let's go. Do you have him at five, Steven? No, he's up my honorable mention. I had to put Trout just because just watching him play, it's a, that guy's going to end up being probably number one or two top hitters ever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Andrew, did you leave out Trout because you didn't want to seem like a biased Angels fan? I thought that was the fourth part. Because right here are the five people I have listed in no order, but I had listed because I decided it was Trout, Ichiro, Miggy, Pujol, Seyrod. Those are okay. the five people I had. And then my honorable mentions were Vladdy and then Manny and Big Poppy. How skewed is my memory? How, like, Vladdy was, he was like an MVP type player. Oh, dude, he was the shit. He's a whole famer. So it's famer. not like He's, crazy putting That is not crazy at all. Okay. I didn't know if that was a bias thing. Cause I, no. He wasn't, he was really good in the Blue Jays, or the Blue Jays, the Expos. Mm-hmm. Those uh, mid 2000s Angels teams with Bart Cologne. Um, Last time they were good, dude. They Biggins, titles yeah. every time. They had pitching. It was great. Troy Gloss. Troy Gloss. Scott Garrett Spezio. Anderson, My dad hates Scott Spezio. Scott um, I love Scott Spezio. <laughs> I think you've told him that multiple times. Oh. <laughs> and you're, Jeff's going to have words for you next week, Andrew, because you know how big of a Ricky Henderson fan he is? should watch game six or like go two or something. That'd be fun. Oh, no, I don't think it would be fun for us. <laughs> it might be funny. Um, it doesn't right. even matter to me. Any uh, closing thoughts of, on the hitters or anything else in this week of baseball that we missed before we wrap up? 
The one thing I think we forgot when we were talking about the Dodgers Padre was that was this not the best thing on prime time when the Clayton Kershaw and then Ryan Weathers had to come in and pinch hit and not only in our glorified extra inning bullshit rule that Stupid. doesn't oh, even matter. Twitter hate Twitter agreed with us. It's they like, all hate and then the same way with Steven because it's like last night when I, I was listening to the Dodger game, it was like, oh fuck yeah, they have a runner on second because the game's going to be a little bit quicker. But it's like. If you're not going to count it in the playoffs, what does that tell you? How serious or what a stupid rule Wait, this they don't, they're not, not They don't do that in the playoffs. Thank God. Thank Which is like, thank God, but it's like, why does that count? It's like the NBA, um, we're going to do halves in the regular season and then go to quarters in the playoffs. The seven, innings, the seven inning doublehead thing is so dumb, too. Okay. We didn't Madison mention Adam. Yeah. Through a no hitter. Through seven. It's technically not a no hitter. I just like. I but it's, it's a complete dumb. game. It's a complete game. It's a complete though. game. That the is... game is seven innings. And it's the thing no it's like he was because it's like I know what you're saying. It's like it's not a nine inning game. Two things. One, he that was given it. a seven inning game because Ron Manfred says like Come we on. are doing seven inning games. He wasn't allowed. He's like, hey, let's go out for two more innings. They would say no. They wouldn't let him. Two, on I'm sure maybe in the past, maybe in like 1947 in like a Cleveland game. After you play five innings, you can call the game if there's weather you know you can say like after the fifth inning the game's decided what if someone had a no hitter through six six and a third the weather does that count or is that just a weather complete game six and a third i don't know if that's happened i'm just saying it's it's stupid and i think they're gonna what if it was a perfect game how would you guys feel well is that, did see, does that change a little bit no because, because he he can't bum is not up to but it feels guard. weird though and it's not like they it's different too if like he got I don't know. I think I've seen this before where a pitcher's throwing a no-hitter through like six or seven innings and they fucking pull him and they do like the team no-hitter or whatever. It's not that situation. Bumgarner literally couldn't pitch anymore. So, yes, it's not – I get, yeah, it's not a nine-inning no-hitter, but it's a no-hitter. That's all he could do. Was given. The game was only allowed to be seven innings, so yeah. I don't know what else he to He had a mic drop do. interview after two. Oh, really? What did he say? He's like, thank you for the shadows of Atlanta, and thank you, Rob Manfred, for seven-inning baseball games. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best. Is he, um, would you look at Bumgarner this year as maybe a trade deadline target for really good teams? Or is his, what he got in Arizona, too much money still? I think before that start, he wasn't doing good at all. No, I know. So he, um, is this is this gonna is things on the he mend? Has to do this couple, he has to throw a couple more seven and no hitters, I think, to get back on track. But just because his contract's kind of big, I think. Yeah, yeah the man likes to ride horses. And whatever, likes these trucks. Stallion. Yeah. Early um, wife. <laughs> Madison. He took Madison Bumgarner to prom. <laughs> and so that's the, like the date he took his the date his date's name was fucking Madison Bumgarner. Hey Madison. No hey Madison. Two Madison Bumgarners went to prom together. <laughs> it's a wild story that should should get way more publicity than that. But here we are. Um, all right, gentlemen. A pleasure as always. We'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know if we have anything to look forward to this weekend. Quite like Dodgers Padres, but we got Giants Padres in two weeks. Oh, we got Giants Padres this weekend, baby. Like snow Friday week. night. I think it's this weekend. I thought it was the seventh and eighth of May. It might be both weekends because uh, okay. I'm yeah, pretty sure Blake's now. I'm oh, it's is fantasy. it in San Diego this upcoming weekend? San Diego this weekend. Uh, okay, because the next weekend is in. Oh well, Andrew. B Rob's got to come to Gaslamp Quarter today. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Let's see if we can bring those good vibes and grit and grind to San Diego. Um, but this is all for uh, the MLB 
update here on the pineapple couch thank you big dog thank you steven we'll talk to you guys next week